Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Wrestling Rehap Up. I'm your host, Mari Forth, and with me, as always, my co-host, my tag team partner, the Jeff Hardy to my Matt Hardy, Mr. Matt Scott. Yeah, we're extreme. Thanks for having me, Mark. Yeah, do some swanton bombs and jump off of ladders and other crazy stuff. But uh, it's awesome to be here today. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're the Jeff because I'm not jumping off of anything. I'll do, um, I'll do it. Let's go. This whole podcast, we're just jumping off off of ladders. So let's go for it. Yes, and I'm glad. I'm glad we're back. I'm glad uh, we got a lot of good feedback from the listeners. Um, from our last episode, our first episode, I, I would call it a success. Well, how about you? Totally. And I felt like it was like overwhelming the amount of love and support yeah. we have. Like I know Mari, you are constantly interacting with wrestling Twitter, which is amazing for me. It was so new to have like all of these fellow wrestling fans reach out and be like, wow, what you're doing is cool and meaningful. Um, and I wanted to share one note um, I received or just some thoughts from one note I received, which was from someone named Stan C uh, from Manila, Philippines. Shout out to Stan C um, at underscore Stan S Y um, on Twitter. If you want to check him out and follow, he was listening along to the podcast and, you know, one thing that I think our show brings is just a different perspective. And so what he was talking about was the fact that as we covered, you know, Boa and Xylee, for those who were listening last week, Boa and Xylee are two wrestlers in NXT um, and they were outperforming. Mari and I were wondering whether what they were doing was potentially racist or questionable. <laughs> culturally uh, insensitive. Culturally insensitive. <laughs> Thank you for filling in the words. It's yeah. kind of talking about that and talking about how those conversations are so meaningful. And mm-hmm. I think that's one place where our podcast matters just for surfacing more of those conversations. But yeah. um, it was it was powerful because he's someone, Stan, someone who's ethnically Chinese, born and raised in the Philippines. And, you know, these conversations aren't happening a lot of places. So I'm yeah. glad that we could be here having them. And if others want to have those conversations with us, feel free to, well, one, use hashtag wrestling wrap up. That's oh, wrestling yeah. R-H-A-P-U-P. Or... Mari, am I allowed to announce our email? Yeah, we can announce our email. We officially got a new email. So you can also, uh, you can also uh, find us at wrestling at Rob has a website. 
of course, you can always at me at, at Mari Talks Too Much on Twitter. Matt, where can they find you on Twitter? At Matt Scott GW. And yeah, hit us wherever you could find us. Um, that's wrestling at robiswebsite.com, at Matt Scott GW, at Mari Talks Too Much. And if you are an RHAP patron, well, we'll have ways where you could post um, either in the main group or in the unofficial group job has a squad cast, which is all about wrestling um, so that you could share your thoughts and feedback and all of that fun stuff for us. And I, I think that's enough of the business as yeah. we started out and get ready to introduce our superstar guest. Mm-hmm. Let me say this is our first guest on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you have to, I have to. Yeah. Clear. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Clear your throat. Uh, yeah. Get ready. Get ready. Do my, do my best. You got this. Howard Finkel uh, ring announcer impression. Making her way to the podcast, she is RHAP class of 2020's own, uh, a double threat. No, no, a triple threat. A quadruple threat. No, a quintuple threat. She's an actor, a dancer, astrologer, tarot, reading, life coach, reality TV junkie, and you better believe that she's serving reality realness. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> Canadian destroyer Sean Francis. Yes, I am so happy to be here. I can't believe that I'm on this podcast, and I feel like I have to talk like this all the time. Yeah, we're gonna. Just, it's okay. I'm take it down. Take it down a few notches. But thank you so much for being here. We just killed a whole bunch of ears. Like they're mad at us. I love it though. That is like that is some um some ultimate warrior energy thank you so much Chantel for bringing it to the podcast absolutely Um, yeah and like Matt said you're our first guest um on the live launch uh how do you feel like uh we asked you we asked a lot of people and we wanted a lot of different backgrounds can you tell us your background in wrestling or lack thereof (laughs) <laughs> Definitely fall on the lack thereof side of wrestling. Um, what do I know about wrestling? I know that there's some sort of suing that happened for from the World Wildlife Foundation to change it from nice. WWF to WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant had like an epic fight when I was younger. Yeah, and. That's about that's it. All I got. <laughs> that's a lot more than a lot of people do. So that's that's a lot. And just to give you as some time to share, like what who could could you like share more of who you are, what you're up to? I mentioned reality illness yeah. where you're covering stuff, but where could people find you and and what could they see when they follow you on all of the, the fun stuff? I feel like we're getting in like a little bit of a plug up front while sure. there you go. You well, have I to mean- as you kind of laid it out there, I do it all. But um, right now in quarantine times, I am in uh, Toronto, Ontario. So we're in a, another lockdown. So I've just been focusing on reality TV and my YouTube channel. So that's Reality Realness with three S's. So I've been covering some of all of our favorites. So we got, uh, you know, Drag Race UK that I've been covering, which kind of reminds me a little bit of WWE. <laughs> There's a little yes. similarities that I'm finding with that. Um, also, the challenge, of course, The Bachelor and Sequester. So that's why kind of the things I've been talking about right now. Um, I have ventured down the streaming route with Bego, which is a street like a, a streaming app on your phone, and so I've been bringing content to that, doing lives about astrology and tarot. Oh so God, wow. I'm doing all the above, and then every day 
doing a gazillion auditions for my real life acting career. So I am doing it all, but I'm happy to be here talking about something completely out of my comfort zone. Well, let me tell you, you might just have to add, I don't know what, like a, would it be like sextuple? I said you're a <laughs> threat. Yeah. It might be a sextuple threat because. After this podcast, you might just be the foremost wrestling podcaster out there. We might need you to <laughs> SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Impact, all of that. So just letting you know what you might be getting yourself into because this stuff is addictive. I never turn my back on a challenge. So thank you. There you go. I, no. I when I tell you when I reached out to Chantel a few weeks ago, I was like, "Hey, girl, what you doing? Love to have you on the podcast." And um, she was like, "Yeah, man, we're we're in lockdown." I said, "I said, why are y'all in lockdown?" <laughs> She's like, "Cause of COVID." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> sorry, we just had a, a, a whole insurrection, uh, and my mind is on." totally other things i'm like i forgot what happens when like a government actually properly responds to a pandemic so uh just thank you for um taking a break from the the whole sitting in your house thing and and coming and uh watching these wrestling clips that we've given to you i know it had been a crazy thing to just be watching out of nowhere um yeah. So we really do appreciate it. And why don't we get into the highlights? I'm going to start with the highlights, y'all. Y'all ready? Are you ready to get into this? Yeah, and I'll just I'll just say up front as a reminder for those who might be new joining us mm-hmm. only now for the second episode. Well, please go back and listen to the first one. You don't have a lot to do to catch up. It's really easy. It's one episode. <laughs> so we promise. Uh, but the other thing is, this is meant to be fun. We're here yes. to give our perspective. There are tons of amazing wrestling podcasts out there, and we will probably check them out over the next uh, several plus weeks that we do <laughs> yeah. this podcast. But um, thank you for being here listening, and let's have fun and dive in. Exactly. We are here to just go over some highlights, get some fresh for perspectives. That's what, that's why we don't mind having people who have like no experience with wrestling on the show because you always like to see what that perspective outside of your bubble is. And that's why we are really appreciative for Chantel to be here. So that being said, let's get into some craziness. So. <laughs> On Raw, we had Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Uh, They had a few segments on Raw, and it first started off with Asuka going into Alexa's playground. Um, Alexa Bliss has been uh, turned into basically a creepy doll child by The Fiend. And her playground segment uh, this week was really interesting because her and Asuka, of course, had a match. Uh, she invited Asuka down to talk to her in the playground, but the whole time Alexa was talking to somebody uh, like a swing that was empty. It, it, she had basically an imaginary friend that she was talking to, and Asuka was like, hmm, I think I'm going to get up out of here. Like, <laughs> Asuka, <laughs> Asuka booked it, hightailed it, and honestly I don't blame her. We saw Alexa Bliss light a man's face on fire like a week ago. So um, I really wasn't surprised. Uh, were you guys surprised about anything in this, just this first clip of with Asuka and Alexa in the swing set in the playground? I just want to say, like, this is, this is, I think, what wrestling should be, just wild over the top. Like, we're getting almost this, this deeper and deeper evolution of what I would say is like a Harley Quinn-esque meets like supernatural character from Alexa Bliss. And Mm -hmm. 
I was just on the edge of my seat watching because I was thinking, like, what is she going to do right now? I don't. And then the rocking chair started moving in the corner, and I was just like, I have to get out of here before I'm possessed. So that was what what I was thinking as we went along. Chantel, I know you had to be like, what did they send me? <laughs> well, do you know what though? The Harley Quinn, um, you know, comparison was the first thing that popped into my head, and it, I was getting taken into this playground this imaginary world and I was like it I was a little bit scared of her because she's a tiny little thing I think mm-hmm. she's like what five feet or five yeah, feet one. and like so I'm like you know she's swinging on her swings looking all cute and then you can see the switch and the mm-hmm. switch and the switch and it's like oh you're kind of scary for this little thing I'm especially someone that comes from an acting background like being able to do those quick switches actually is quite frightening and terrifying so I actually was quite impressed with her acting chops here. Yeah. Uh, even though it was a little bit over the top, I I was like, it was quite believable um, uh, in a, a fantastical uh, kind of point of view. Yeah, and like Matt said, I like growing up as a in a child as the Attitude Era, and you know, seeing the Undertaker. These t- type of uh, my- mystical characters, they work. They do work if done well. And Alexa is doing them well. She's doing this character very well, and. I like this. This is something we haven't had recently because recently the reality error and Twitter and social media makes wrestling kayfabe hard. Um, so Chantel, kayfabe in wrestling is basically, is that, um, is that part of wrestling where you suspend your disbelief? And so, um, you're basically suspending your disbelief to, to believe that this girl is basically possessed. <laughs> and you don't get many of those type of storylines anymore because it's just so hard to keep stuff like that. Um, because mm, social media. Uh, so they went into the match in the main event. Um, Asuka and Alexa were going back and forth. Uh, Asuka was basically, uh, doing, she was getting a lot of offense in on Alexa and Alexa was kind of not selling any of it. And then finally a switch just like completely just switched. And it, it was kind of cool because she changed clothes too. Did y'all notice her clothes changed? Yeah. She got literally yeah. she got dark all of a sudden. I yeah. Lots of, she, I don't even know what, what was, what was going on. It was, it was amazing because you know, one thing that's notable here just before we go deeper into the match is that mm-hmm. Alexa's last match was November yeah. 2020 so we it's been a while since we've seen her compete and we haven't really gotten this version of her in the ring yeah. at all and so all of this was new and mm-hmm. it was a little bit eerie but it's amazing because for years people including some of the people who I know listen to this podcast and were just sharing their feedback love Alexa Bliss and it, mm-hmm. it's your point Chantel like that acting ability and just her ability to have that charisma and get through to people has always been there and but we've never seen it in this dark scary way um, in, in this heel character really or in this bad guy character and so mm-hmm. um, it was it was it was really interesting there's a lot to break down with it but um, you know, wondering if there's anything else that stood out to you Chantel Mari. I just kind of have a question yeah. um, I know there was you're you're asking us to suspend our belief when we're when we're participating in these matches and the storylines and whatnot. Yeah. Who's creating these storylines? Like 
Do, mm-hmm. Was it always known that she was going to win this particular match in this particular way? Like, do they get a loose ball print? Ball, uh, wait, what's the word I want? What the match is supposed to look like and then however it ends up, kind of choose your own adventure Like, how does it how does it get all woven together and do they have any any agency in the direction of their storylines? Okay, so yeah. let me try yeah, let me introduce you to my friends, uh, the WWE creative team. And that's right. all I wanted to put out. There is a team of writers who is yes. putting all of this together. And uh, Mari, I'll let you take it from, yeah. from there. So let me let me put this as quickly as possible, because say asking who booked this is like asking a wrestling fan to explain Game of Thrones. So with WWE, they always have a creative team normally for each show and the creative team is the writers. They're the writers. And depending on the storyline, they could have a storyline set for like a year out, months out, or they could just be writing for that night. Yep. Like it, it's really a hit or miss or like that's one of the main things that wrestling fans really don't like about the WWE. Sometimes they put uh, put into the storylines, then the next week it'll be they'll be gone. So it's really hit or miss. So once the match starts, they'll always know who's gonna win the match, unless something happens in the match that would change the tra- trajectory. So going into the match, I would have assumed with this match in particular, just to bring it back to what we're talking about, um, Alexa versus Asuka. Asuka is the current Raw Women's Champion, and she's a Women's Tag Team Champion. Um, Because there was that switch between Alexa in the middle of the match, um, she had a pink shirt on with her little overalls, and she, she switched to a black shirt with her overalls, and her hair got like wrapped around, and she kind of uh came back looking like possessed in that second part. I think this was a cine, uh, like a, a cinematic match, which is a match that is uh, taped and then edited. Um, so they would have known that Alexa was going to win to begin with. And then on top of that, uh, the moves in the ring, you can tell the story that they were trying to tell in their ring was choreographed as well. So Alexa not selling that first half um, or, 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 uh, taking more damage in that first half. And then once she did that switch, basically being untouchable, that was all laid out match by match. Some wrestlers uh, are can work with people so well that they can call moves on the spot in the ring. Mm. Like they can go out there with just say, hey, you two uh, give us 15 minutes of so-and-so wins. And those wrestlers, if they're good enough, if they've worked with each other enough, they can call the match on the fly and just get to the victory. Um, the only other times that a, a victory would be changed in the middle of the match is if maybe if somebody gets hurt. If somebody gets hurt in the match and the winner got hurt, but it it's um, bigger to the bigger storyline, they might switch who wins that match. So the great thing about wrestling and the underratedness about wrestling is even though it is scripted and even though the winner is normally determined, you have to be a good athlete. You have to be a good actor and you have to be able to um, go with the flow. That answer your question. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I feel like this is reading rainbow. Like I, right. I, I hope people are learning a lot. And this is one thing that's also cool about the podcast is that like, if you have a, fr- if you're listening and you have a friend who you want to watch with you or who's not into wrestling, who doesn't get it. Like, 
this is definitely a great episode to listen to. And we're hoping that we can get those people on board as we go along. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. But yeah. <laughs> Step down, please. Yes. So yeah, so it was great. Uh, Alexa won. This may lead to a, um, like a, a women's championship match for her down the line. Um, I think it was more pointing towards her possession from the fiend, um, which we'll talk about. Let's see if that's next. Um, but uh, I, I like this. I thought this was good. Alexa, like you said, Matt, this is her first time in the ring in months. Alexa does uh, suffer from a lot of injuries. So that's why she has been taking um, more time off uh, recently in recent years. So I'm glad to see her back in the ring. I'm glad to see her doing something that she actually enjoys doing. There was a point where she, um, Alexa says, don't say somebody's name. Yeah, and so that was that was Asuka mentioning the fiends. One thing that's key to Alexa's match and just her invincibility is that that uh, that out, that character switch in the middle of the match was really her embodying the spirit of the fiend, who is a character played by Bray Wyatt. It's just a scary, uh, disfigured face, similar to Randy Orton, but we'll get to that in a different yeah. way. And I think the thing that's uh, that we're seeing is just her invoking more of that spirit as it goes along. So there's a little bit of a through line between that playground segment and the actual match where we're just seeing Alexa, like little miss bliss turning into this darker version of this guy who's not around right now, but we're definitely going to see the fiend sometime very soon again. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Thank you. No, Mm -hmm. thank you. And, and just, I, the, the, the other reason I'm thanking you, Chantel, is because you delayed me from having to talk about this the whole feud, this dynamic that's happening on the show between Charlotte Flair of the legendary Flair family, her father, Rick Flair, and her father's uh, Mari Chantel. What would you call Lacey Evans in relation to Ric Flair? Like, uh, her protege? Protege? I don't know. <laughs> definitely to it. I love. Yeah, that. I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go with that. Um, but we did get to the match uh, that Charlotte had that night between uh, her and Peyton Royce. Lacey Evans and Ric Flair interrupted the match, made their way down to the ring, and there we saw Lacey standing outside the ring, standing on the ramp with. One of, I would say it's a version of Ric Flair's robes taking this, uh, this honor that Charlotte has had wearing the robes that, um, Rick made so famous in his career and just kind of flaunting it in Charlotte's face. And what we ultimately saw is that Charlotte was able to defeat Peyton Royce, um, despite the distraction. Chantel, what did, from, yeah, from a perspective of like not knowing any of these people, what were your thoughts on all of this? My first question is, why is Rick considered the dirtiest player in the oh, game? Oh, right. Yeah, they just oh, that's what I was like, what kind of dirty is happening? I, guess like, I, I needed more backstory there. So that was my first. Yeah. Before I could figure out what I thought about it, I need to know why he's considered the dirtiest I think player. That we're all, I think we're all kind of wondering nowadays because he's, he's, he's dirty in a lot of different ways. Last week when I saw him, and even this week, the, the character that came to mind for me was I think like old man Herbert from Family Guy 
who what? like walks around. He's just he he yeah he wears a robe all the time, and there's just some creepy lines, and that that to me is Rich Flair. Please but, don't, don't disrespect Rich Flair like this, Matt. So, <laughs> girl, ask the question: What makes him the dirtiest player in the game? Rich Flair has been wrestling for what? 50 plus years now. He's 70 something. He's a 16 time world heavyweight champion. He is for most of that time. He was a heel. He was a bad guy. So he was the dirtiest player in the game because he would do anything to win anything to keep his, um, his championships. And so he would cheat. He would, um, he, he would, uh, avoid confrontation altogether. Uh, but he was stylish while doing it. So everybody refers to him as the dirtiest player in the game. And, Charlotte has taken a lot of his um his characteristics on throughout her her uh tenure here at the WWE. Um so it's really interesting that uh that she is going up against her father. Her her the person she's in a feud with is saying that she just wants those tips. I'm going to give her I'm going to give Lacey the benefit of the doubt. She is just in it for the expertise, no other reason. She just wants, she's not chasing the clout, like Charlotte said. Um, she just wants to learn from the dirtiest player in the game. And if I had the opportunity to, to learn under a 50 year plus veteran, I would too. Um, so <laughs> I'm also a little bit curious as to what did something happen to make Charlotte not be, and her father not be in good, on good terms. Girl, we're all trying to figure that out. This is like the third time they've done this storyline where Charlotte and her father feud. So, like, I I don't know. To be quite honest, we've been watching, and I'm still like, they just kind of, Charlotte came back, and then all of a sudden she was mad at her dad again. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. This is the first time where we're really seeing, like, okay, Rick having a <clears throat> I, don't, I don't want to say romantic relationship because I'm not going to make accusations but I'm just saying it seems like a romantic relationship with someone. Um, so this is a little bit different. Yeah. It's also a little bit creepier because he's, the, uh, the, I'm about to say the dumbest thing I've ever said, but he's the oldest that he's ever been. And <laughs> we're seeing it. You can, you can tell he doesn't, he doesn't style and profile like he used to. He doesn't yeah. really as loud as he used so, to. Yeah, exactly. So basically, basically I, I think, I think we'll find out once this storyline ends. Because I think they may have started this storyline because before he was even like really macking with Lacey, him and Charlotte were kind of um, butting heads already. So um, I think I think it's something I'm hoping they wrap this storyline in something like Charlotte changes her whole gimmick. I think I said this last week. I hope I hope it ended with Charlotte um, completely just being different because her entrance music is based on his entrance music. The robes that she wear is based on what he used to wear. So her whole gimmick is just kind of his old one. So maybe this will finally break the bank and she'll come out with something completely different. That's the only way I see this being relevant to or different from any of the other times that they've gotten to, gotten to fight. And I kind of see her having a little, you know, match with Lacey and maybe that's where that will happen. Like the whole, you know, in, in face off where he like uh, embodies the other person. Like maybe this could be a moment like that yeah. where she like becomes a new version of herself and she takes this energy of her father. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool it's like I, it has a match for the gimmick like what what if 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 like Lacey beat Charlotte for the rights to the gimmick and then like Lacey starts coming out with the robes good for her. Yeah. Lacey that's a good I, I like that better than Lacey Evans so maybe we'll see it but you mentioned Chantel 
uh, face off, which I think leads in really well to oh, right. The next <laughs> so yeah, so um, next uh, we got this. This is just a promo, and it's just like four or five minutes. But I had to put this on the highlight because it was just so good. Randy Orton, a disfigured Randy Orton, from what we're assuming comes back to cut a promo talking about um, Alexa and the fiend and how he's going to, you know, get revenge and how he's going to enter the rumble and then talking about his face guys. So Randy Orton got a fireball to the face last week, right? He shows up, (laughs) he shows up in this promo with a, like a mask on. It's like one of those ski masks, like one of those like Lyra ski masks. I don't know. Very stretchy material. And you can see his nose, you can see his eyes, you can see his mouth and they're all like, purplish um the 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 mask kind of distorts it a little bit and he's talking about his face is it's burnt and it's nothing like his soul it's just so good honestly this promo is just really good and randy or not he's been hitting on all cylinders lately and it's just so weird because i i've never truly been a big fan of randy orton just because he i feel like he he sometimes takes his foot off the gas like sometimes he doesn't put all of his energy into different storylines but at least these past two years or so he has been fully invested in every storyline and feud he's been doing and it has been remarkable to watch yeah and i couldn't i just want to say i couldn't get past the mask and looking at him like i kept thinking of like jack black in nacho libre like that's what i was seeing with him and he has the lucha libre mask on sure. uh, but, <laughs> but but i think that the the thing that's like so interesting about this promo and everything that's going on is that like we were talking about this last week like i wonder what will happen will he have the third degree burns and we yeah were yeah but, we actually got to see it and um you know that's the WWE really leaning into this this yeah. one and I'm kind of curious when he's actually going to recover from all of the horrible burns because I want him to wrestle in a mask for at least like a month or two or something that would be so cool yeah or something and and google times uh, the recovery time burns on your face Chantel WWE barely keeps continuity you you ask a great question at top about writers like there'll be times where people will fake that their arm is broken and come in the next day fine so to see this man take a fireball to the face and actually sell it for more than just a week we are curious well i could imagine though now he's going to be somebody that has a mask on his face you know yeah. that, like it's going to be his new look is going to be someone that's you know had burns and then under, under like underneath but have like a new mask that, that emerges so I actually yeah. don't see him recovering from this anytime oh. soon I see him becoming a masked uh you know wrestler to that point, I'll point out, so this is not the first character in WWE history whose oh, face has been burnt, who wears a mask. Payne, <laughs> Payne, who's yeah. the founder of The Undertaker in, in kayfabe, like we talked about using mm-hmm. the, the vocabulary words here. Um, and Payne spent his a ton of his career with a mask on. I think it's kind of funny because he actually took off the mask after probably about a decade or so of wearing the mask. He then put it back on even though we saw his face and, and all of that and, and I don't know why he wore it but he wore the mask because of the burns that he sustained because his brother the Undertaker either on purpose I should say or accidentally um, burns their house down so yeah they- when he was a baby it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> 
And then once Kane took the mask off, he didn't have any burns. So they said that it was like emotional scarring. So mm. that's a lot. But I'm getting very uh, Phantom of the Opera with what exactly. Randy Orton is doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like and that turmoil. You were saying that there's no, like, con- not necessarily any continuity in storylines. Yeah. And I've always been told when people are trying to, like, entice me with wrestling and becoming a fan, they're always like, it's like, it's like a soap opera. It's like a soap opera. It opera. is. And with that, like, you know, the kid goes away to school, comes back 20 years later, and it's an adult, but it's the next day. Yeah. You know, it, it does have a similar um, suspend belief, suspense of belief that you have to do to kind of go into that world. So, so I can see the comparison. Like it. Yeah, yeah exactly. it is exactly like that. That is whoever told you that is great at describing wrestling because that's exactly what it is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, other than that, on Raw, um, we've had. Other storylines to watch, just quick um, quick nods to some storylines going on. I, I love the Retribution um, versus uh, Xavier Woods stuff uh, right now. Hopefully we'll get a little bit into that a little bit more later. Um, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax are teasing a split, or at least they're talking about not working together in the Royal Rumble. We'll see if that goes anywhere. I, I love uh, feuds going into the Royal Rumble. Like if, if people have problems with each other going into the Royal Rumble, I like stuff like that. Um, other than that, it's not not much to talk about there. And finally, to wrap up Raw, uh, WWE announced their WrestleMania plans for the next three years. So uh, <laughs> this year, or, or should I say last year, 2020, of course, uh, scuppered everything. So the WrestleMania 2020 was held in, it was supposed to be held in Tampa. Um, coronavirus happened. They had to move to their performance center, I believe, something like that. So WrestleMania 2021 this year was supposed to be in Hollywood. Uh, but now uh, t- they're going back to Tampa for this year. 2023 right? is Hollywood and then 2022 is Dallas. And this whole schedule is seared into my brain because WWE actually did something really fun here. And we'll, we'll make sure to add in this clip too. If we, you know, I'm sure it's on YouTube if you want to go check it out now. But uh, basically, WWE had a segment that they recorded where it was Triple H, who is this iconic wrestler, been around for the last however many, tw- 30 years or so, along with Stephanie McMahon, who's the daughter of Vince McMahon, who 
founded WWE, I believe chief brand officer of WWE, and they were both playing these characters as anchors, and um, basically we saw, I believe this Roman Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman announced Tampa, Sasha Banks announced Dallas, and then um, it was John Cena who is like semi-retired who announced the Hollywood thing. So we got like all these fun characters and gimmicks, and I only mention this and shout it out because it's all about wrestling being fun. And this was one of those actual fun segments where like, I think the whole fan base was meant to suspend disbelief as these characters that we already know from the screen um, played completely different characters. Um, so just wanted to shout it out. And how are we, are we going to wrestle? Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, not if it, not the, this year, not this year. No, uh, no, I'm going to no. give the virus like a few more years. Oh, until 2024. Okay. I really like dressing up. Like Halloween is my favorite holiday, if it's if you can call it that. And so if I were to go to WrestleMania, I would want to go as some sort of character and I would yes, dress up as a fan or something like that. So I could get behind going as like an outing and yes. like I get it's enjoyable enough to go and like be like, I like that person, like do my research and see what's happening. And I I I will say that when we are free to travel North America, at least freely, yeah. <laughs> I will, I would go with you guys to WrestleMania. Oh and God. God. Yes, y'all heard it here. We're holding it to it. Wow, get that Kickstarter going. Let's get those, let's get those tickets ready for 2024. Yes, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, and I'll, and I'll also just say, like, we are going to help you out. We'll help you by coming up with a, a character later in this show with a segment we have called Create a Rehapsler. But now back to the highlights. Yeah. So we're going to go over to NXT this week. Um, this week in NXT, it was okay. Uh, uh, the best thing I liked was uh, the first ever women's tag team Dusty Cup started this week. Um, we finally got to see uh, a women's Dusty Cup. Beth Phoenix did a great job just announcing the tournament. Beth Phoenix is a, a, a women's Hall of Fame wrestler. Uh, she currently is on the announce team down there in NXT calling the matches. So I thought it was really important and really great that they let her introduce the women's tag team Dusty Cup. And um, she shouted out all of these women who were in NXT and who have made an impact and how uh, Dusty himself has made an impact on all the wrestlers down there. And they kicked off the tournament. We had a uh, 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 one just it was just one match on NXT. Uh, Matt, you want to tell the people about the the match that was on NXT? Yeah, so the match that we got, which I was actually really excited for, was uh, Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez versus Casey Catanzaro of American Ninja Warrior fame and Mighty Casey. Yeah, let's go, Mighty Casey. And mm-hmm. I was so pumped for this, and I've been I've been pumped to talk about Mercedes Martinez. <laughs> I will not go on forever, but I'll just mention uh, I grew up in I grew up in New Jersey, like with the independent wrestling uh, scene, Chantel, where you know you're going into these shows that aren't tens of thousands of people, but more like fifty people or hundred people or like two hundred people, and it's just an intimate environment. And one of those performers that I saw was Mercedes Martinez, who is like an absolute badass, amazing in the ring. We didn't get to see a lot of that in this match, but I was really excited by what we did get to see because 
She was thrown over the ring announce table by Io Shirai, who is the NXT Women's Champion. And so we saw that feud continuing. That kind of left Tony Storm alone, fending, uh, offending against Casey and Caden. And the match ended with this beautiful, beautiful yeah, uh, top rope maneuver. Yeah. I feel like it was like I don't know a, what to call it. Yeah. It, was like, it definitely was not a one eighty or like a, like four, a corkscrew. It, it was like a six like 630 or like 720 degrees splash off the top rope on Tony Storm. So I don't know how she did that. I don't know how gravity works, but (laughs) it was was amazing to see. And I would love to see it again. Whatever um, Casey and Caden are going to do as they go forward in the tournament, because they have been a tag team for a while. And I think this, this tournament, the first ever women's uh, dusty classic tag team tournament, um, deserves to have a phenomenal tag team like that shine we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah this was basically like the underdogs pulled off the win because mercedes martinez and tony storm are like huge wrestlers but they're they're solo wrestlers they're single wrestlers and they made this team so that they could they could participate in the dusty cup mercedes martinez had had just like the week prior two weeks prior had um attacked eo shirai so that's why eo shirai uh interrupted this match and took out mercedes martinez and like matt said after that uh casey and Caden had the upper hand because they did a two they were two on one and that finish was just amazing I, i'm sorry guys i don't know what to call it it looked like it was a variation of ricochet six what six thirty what does he do the the ricochet's swanton bomb the one where it's an extra rotation yeah it anyways like, yeah. it was a lot of flips it's a lot of flippy shit yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm like nosy and I need to know how things are made and created. Um, but my first question is: yeah. Are there rules? You know, like like oh yeah, why, why? Like how is you know Alexis allowed to use a blowtorch or whatever it was, and like yeah. how is somebody else allowed to come in onto the match and take somebody out? Like, is there is there sometimes rules? Like, I, I where where are the rules? I lo- I just want to say I love your questions because this is literally every question I get whenever I'm trying to make my friend watch wrestling and I just have to be like there's not much logic to it. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, yeah, like if somebody interferes in a match, it could cause cause a disqualification. The problem is, did the ref see the interference? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> If the ref doesn't see it, it didn't happen. Okay. And that's basically what happened. And that's one of my one of my favorite things about wrestling is just yeah. how clueless the refs are. And if nothing, if nothing <laughs> else, if for nothing else, Chantel, you should watch wrestling just for the fact that the refs managed to miss a lot. A um, lot. It, that was yeah. like my second question is, is like, how much are the refs involved in the storyline creation? Um, has there been many times where the refs become actual wrestlers because they get involved in the storyline? And mm-hmm. then the announcers, like, how did they fit in? Were they ex-wrestlers that they come in? Like, because they seem to know the storylines really well and all the, yeah. the moves and whatnot. So how much are they part of the choreography as well of yeah. the matches? 
it's basically a big dance. It really yeah. is. Like the the announcers, the announcers are sometimes people with broadcast backgrounds mixed with um ex wrestlers. So that's how you get a good mix of somebody who can call stuff and people who can give what's called color commentary. Is cut on color. That's what uh the person who does color commentary basically helps move the story along. They make sure you kind of know who you're trying to root for and who's the bad guy. Like you know, they they kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. How can can they do that? How can they be so mean? And they they try and manipulate your emotions to root for one person or another. And with refs, if something were to happen mid match, the refs are the ones that are the directors in in the match. And if if a match is planned out from the beginning to the end, sometimes the wrestlers can ask the ref what the next sequence is. So it's really a big dance, and they all have to be on the same page. And it's really amazing when everybody does get on the same page. Okay. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> you look like you want to jump in there? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it that was that was a good match. I, and I the the funniest thing is being in a in a room with a whole bunch of wrestling fans in the middle of like like a match with so many high stakes that so everybody is invested in and then the ref takes a ref bump and you're like oh my god because a, a ref bump is when the ref gets knocked over and once the ref gets knocked over it like all you have to do is tap a ref and all of a sudden they're down <laughs> yeah. for like two minutes yeah. it's like soccer yes exactly it's like soccer they flop and then you're like oh god what's gonna happen because you never know what's gonna happen in that 10 minutes that the ref is down so Oh, it's so fun when it's done right. When wrestling is done right, it is really one of the like funnest things in the world. Um, so we go from that to the return of Karrion Cross. Um, so <laughs> Karrion Cross and his wife Scarlett—that was his actual wife in that clip there, Chantel. Just in case if you were wondering, um, Karrion Cross was making big waves like n- near the middle of last year. He managed to beat the NXT champion Keith Lee and become the NXT champion, but he injured himself during the match. So he immediately had to vacate uh, the the cha- the title and then he had to go and get surgery. I think it was an arm injury, I, I, I think. Um, and so he hasn't been back for a few months and now this is his return to the ring and he beat uh, this guy named Ashanti the Adonis, basically a jobber so far, Ashanti, and then his his uh, friend Desmond something. They're they're both kind of jobbers. It it, it was only a one minute match because it was just basically for Karrion Cross to rip to shred Ashanti and and to then promote that he is coming back for the title that he never lost. Um, you know, Karrion Cross, I I am not a fan of his mainly because it's hard for me to separate uh the his character from him personally i'm not a fan of him as a person so (laughs) right fun so uh it's hard for me to get invested into his storyline but any observations when you say his wife you mean his wife in the wrestle world or in real life real life real life wife and does she wrestle as well yes she does uh she hasn't for wwe Right, right, yeah. She hasn't for WWE. They they are formerly from um, Impact, 
Uh, he was Killer Cross in Impact, and she was Scarlet Bordeaux. And they got signed to WWE about a year or so ago, something like that, maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And um, they came over. They have to switch their names sometimes. And um, she, so far in WWE, has basically been his his like manager, and she's cool. Like she, I really like Scarlet's character. I really like her character. Again, because I like her character a little bit more, I can stomach the rest of it. And because she is just like death and destruction and darkness. Like, again, it's that mythicalness of it. Um, the clip that I sent you, Chantel, unfortunately does not encompass their whole entrance. His whole entrance is mostly her and it's so good. And I just could not find a clip anywhere to show you. But I, I like her portion of it because she brings a layer to him that makes me care about what's going on. If she wasn't there, I'd be like, who is this man? He's just he'd just be another wrestler to me. Yeah. And they're they're real. Sometimes sometimes in wrestling, you they will partner you with your on screen uh yeah, they'll put you on screen with your actual spouse or or, or whoever you're in a relationship with. Yeah. One thing that I also I've enjoyed about learning a little bit more about these wrestling characters, I guess we'll say, um, is that a lot of people are, are older. Like, mm-hmm. you know, usually in Hollywood, everybody's like 22 to 26 <laughs> and like those are like the studs are under 30. Mm-hmm. But here it seems like it starts at 30 for the yeah. most part. But most people, like I think Alexis was the youngest. I think she's only 29. Maybe she's 30, something like that. But like from the yeah. clips that you saw, I feel like she was the youngest and that's not that young anymore. So yeah. um, uh, that was something that was really cool. I was like, oh my God, there's people that are 40? Cool. <laughs> yeah, it, like, adults. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's the cool thing that, that we've seen over time, especially I think in the last couple of decades where like 30 was kind of old in wrestling. 35 was definitely old in wrestling. And then you just had some of these more iconic uh, performers who definitely still had it in them to keep to go in the ring. Yeah. And they're at 50 and they're able to keep going. And we've seen some, some, you know, some of the featured performers. I think of AJ Styles as one of them who's mm-hmm. in his 40s. Yeah, he's 40 he, or 43. Yeah. Like and, and he's someone who started in WWE just a, a handful of years ago and he, he debuted in the 90s. So like we're getting more of these seasoned people. And I think that actually leads to a much better product. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that they're, they're not, um, making people retire when they're 30. Well, the thing is, now this generation and these past few decades, they're, they've been actually taking care of their bodies. In the in the old days, they were putting a whole bunch of nasty stuff in their bodies, and by the time they hit their 30s, they could no longer go. They could not move. Some of them can barely move. Like Unfortunately, that a lot of that older generation of wrestlers are no longer here because they didn't take care of themselves. This new generation of wrestlings are they're, they're hitting the gym Gym, they're eating right they're you know they're not putting toxic stuff in their body so it makes it it makes it possible for them to keep going longer and it's a good shift it, it really is a good shift yeah and to, to borrow from uh the singer ashanti number one it was foolish to step in the ring with Stop it. Uh, Cross. Uh, it was cool to see carrie in and and scarlet uh, rocking together, rocking with with you. Uh, Ashanti is named after the Ashanti people in Africa. Put some respect on his name, yes. sir. Yes. Like I said, he, unfortunately, he's a, he's jobbing right now. Hopefully, there's good things 
in his future. Yeah. Um, and for the last highlight, again, I, I am a sucker for promos. So <laughs> Chantel, I think you'll, you notice like a lot of the stuff we sent you wasn't even really matches like that. Um, a, a lot of them were promos or packages because for me personally, when, when I think of wrestling, if, if there's no good storyline going into the match, it's really hard for me to care about what happens in the match. Um, so this, this, uh, highlight is meet MSK. MSK, we talked about last week. It, they're the rascals that debuted on WWE. This week, they got this intro package talking about kind of like meet them, who they are, uh, Wesley and, uh, Nash Carter, but it was just a funny segment of them like just kind of like dicking around and just showing their personalities and why uh, they're they're very kind of like skateboarder bro ish, and it was funny. I liked it. I liked every minute of it. Yeah, and I think the the fun thing is we we just have so much to see with them. I thought that was nice, but I'm excited to see how their characters develop. That's one thing that is. Uh, something you don't want to hold your breath for in WWE, which is <laughs> having a, well, one, having a character develop. I was going to say having a strong character develop, but having a character mm-hmm. develop. And so let's hope that we get some entertainment out of it, but I am, I'm, I'm still waiting to, to see it go full force and see what yeah. they can do. They opened with a Borat impression. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, is, it is hilarious. Like they are, they are aiming for that younger crowd with them. You can tell. I'm curious to see how their storyline evolves, you know, yeah. like well, they must have something planned. Maybe they're helping, yes. you know, the, the creative team with like some ideas or whatnot. Like, so mm. something's, something's brewing and I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see what happens with these two. Yeah, and to exactly. that point, we, yeah. we do get a lot of, I think a lot more um, exciting characters or interesting characters oftentimes from NXT um, and it it's not happening now you know we're not getting a ton of interesting characters and storylines in NXT now but I think when you look at some of those wrestlers who were in NXT and then went on to WWE some of those people like were a little bit watered down just by the transition or they've kind of been lost in the shuffle and so what you're saying about like them even pitching ideas behind the scenes you know um shoot or you know in other words not kayfabe you know real life um i'm sure that's happening i'm sure there are those conversations i'm guessing that they probably won't be doing a borat impression on the main wwe product main tv but (laughs) hopefully continue to see their personalities shine Matt, you're like, I am not impressed. I don't want I don't want them to to get big just for WWE to crush their spirits. Yeah. They just got here. I'm a, I'm gonna remain optimistic. I, I they they debuted last week during the Dusty Cup as like a surprise entrance, and then they're getting this um uh, this package right after. They have to have something planned for them. They have to have something big planned for them. And I'm really glad that that came across. I haven't had a chance to do any extra research yet, but I'm curious what the pace structure kind of like how it works. Mm-hmm. Like, so these two people, there's new number one tag team duo, but they were kind mm-hmm. of being introduced. Like, how much would they be getting paid? Kinda. I know you probably yeah. know exactly mm-hmm. compared to some people that have had like major storylines and like long-term careers within the um, world. In comparison, I mean, I'm yeah. allergic to try peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, so WWE has changed their pay. They're they're all independent contractors. 
technically. They are no, they're not employees. So from what I understand with NXT, you'll get like a flat rate deal to have you sign on for a few years for a certain amount of money. It used to be different back in the day. Um, but uh, now they're saying uh, WWE tries to attract the biggest talent with kind of like the, the big, big money in comparison to what other people are paying. Um, and then on top of that, after you're after you make it to the main roster, which would be either Raw or SmackDown, um, then when you're on pay-per-views, I, I think they still do it where you get paid uh depending on the draw and stuff like that but i don't know how they're what they're doing now during these COVID times because they're not they're not performing in front of people they're not well, really they did have screens i did see the faces yeah. of people so yeah. people are tuning Watch. in live yeah. yeah um so are they getting like millions or like you know i'm just like how how rich are these people <laughs> Like, am I going to get myself a wrestler? Yeah. Is that what my new occupation? Maybe. Look, we could. We'll help you figure out who's who and who's probably getting the biggest right. paychecks. Um, that's that's definitely our area of expertise. But yeah, this is, there. It's all over the place. Uh, it for, is, yeah, performers. So like people you would know, like John Cena. Like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure you haven't watched wrestling, but you know who John Cena is, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he gets millions, and and you're as a wrestler up until maybe a few months ago, uh, your biggest money came from um, like endorsements or s- kind of like projects outside of wrestling. Gotcha. We we just went through this whole thing where WWE banned some of the banned their wrestlers from using third party streamers like Twitch and YouTube to make money. That was that's a lot. And we are not even going to get into it was right. so messed up. But like the wrestlers are always trying to supplement their income. And it I swear it feels like WWE is trying to uh, <laughs> Yeah. Stop them at any and every point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you'll you can tell. Like, uh, we'll go through it. But like Roman Reigns, like I, that man is. I'm pretty sure he's a millionaire. Uh, yeah. You know, we don't. You know, we're not. I'm not in everybody's pockets. I I tried not to be, but uh, <laughs> your people at the I'm top of your card, <laughs> the people at the top of your card, your champions, the people that are getting the most. FaceTime and and who aren't taking the pins, those are the, normally the ones making the money. And you can you you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um so I think for NXT, the rest of NXT, uh we had the rest of the men's side of the Dusty Road classic. Basically, it was Imperium versus Lucha House Party. Then we had Kushida and Ruff versus Gargano and Theory. Yeah, so we, that that was something that I was a little bit amazed by because yeah. I like Johnny Gargano is this uh, is really here. the face in a lot of ways, the face of NXT, NXT. and uh-huh. he did not win that match. So. Exactly. So I mean, all good. I can't wait till it starts to, with the with the classic. I like when it gets to like the semifinals um, to really get it when they get a lot more time to work and and there's more storylines. Um, other than that, uh, Champa and Thatcher had a fight pit match, which was for me personally. I'm not invested in that storyline, so I didn't put it as a highlight. The fight pit was kind of cool. It was basically yeah. a steel cage. It was a steel cage with like an upper deck, essentially. Yeah, like an upper deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the thing, this is the only, I believe, the second time that we've seen the fight pit. The first, we've seen was, it before? the first was a match that happened. Re- Look, Mari, let me tell you the truth. I'm going to level with everyone who's listening. I did not see this, and I'm amazed because in May of last year, there was a match between 
Timothy Thatcher, who's in NXT, who was in this match, and Matt Riddle, who is on WWE Raw now, refereed by Kurt Angle, who is a former Olympian Hall of Famer. This is on YouTube, folks. I was amazed because I said to myself, they didn't reference the fact that this was the first time. I mean, I think the people listening will forgive us because mm-hmm. uh, that was that was deep pandemic right at the start of it. So right. a lot going on. <laughs> Easy to miss this, but yes, I would absolutely encourage people to check that before. out. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. The the match style itself I like. I would love to see some people I actually care about in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just I'm not I don't really care about uh Thatcher and Champa. And I, um, I love this match by the way. I loved how hard hitting it was and I, I, mm-hmm. I just thought it was fun. But it was a it was a match and you know I, there's a lot of other exciting stuff that we yeah. cover here on the podcast. And they kept they kept uh, putting it off. It was it was scheduled for like the New Year's Evil, and they kept putting it off. They kept putting it off like it was a Shanti versus Keisha Cole on Versus <laughs> or something. So by that t- by the time we got it, I was like, sure, okay, whatever. Um. So and then finally, uh, to wrap up NXT, we had Balor and Undisputed Error. Uh, Balor uh, needs help. Uh, he asked Kyle O'Reilly to back him up against Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. I think that's scheduled for next week. I'm liking this kind of like Balor and Undisputed Error try and get on the same page type deal. I'm interested to see where it's going. Once it gets into the swing of things, maybe we'll um, go into it a little deeper. But other than that, it just looks like they're they're chugging along trying to figure out these uh, uh what do you call the faction wars? I guess down there in NXT. Um. So I want to move on to the A show. Uh, it's Ooh. definitely the A show. No, no bones about it. No. Friday night SmackDown. Uh, I, it's so good. I just I I yeah. love SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'll say just in that spirit, like for the all of those uh, Big Brother fans out there, I feel like SmackDown <laughs> has kind of turned into like the expect the unexpected show where mm-hmm. like okay, we're getting a lot of wild stuff on Raw with Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton and The Fiend, but with SmackDown, they're just loading up so much. And this episode was really fun. And and one of the things I loved about it most is that there were just so many stories and every single thing that we saw had a story intertwined, which again, we talk about the WWE creative team. Sometimes they, I would not call, I personally wouldn't call them lazy. I wouldn't say that they get lazy. I've <laughs> people say that. People on Twitter, those mean people on Twitter, mean, mean people on Twitter. <laughs> and, you know, so we got a stack show. They were really motivated this yeah. this week and we saw it, um, especially in the segments we're going to highlight. Yeah. So we start off with Roman. <laughs> Roman Reigns c- continuing on his reign of terror, I guess you could say. I love every minute of Roman Reigns. Like him turning heel, people will always say he should have turned heel sooner, blah, 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 whatever. He turned heel now and it's working out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Him being so full of himself, I'll take it every single day. Um, basically, he goes into the, into the, uh, the ring he talks about how he's mad that adam pierce uh switched up the um the match on him he's like you want to complain about your knee you know i can complain i can and he lists all these injuries that he uh thought that he had and then he, i like how he capped it off when he said and you know what my back hurts 
my back hurts from whole, carrying this whole company for, for a few years. And I was like, damn, That's Roman Reigns are really, he be, he is on Twitter. He he sees everything y'all are saying and he does not appreciate it. Um, but basically, Adam Pierce comes down. Uh, Roman Reigns continues to talk his talk to Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce bucks up at Paul Heyman. And then Roman tells Paul Heyman to handle Adam Pierce. Now, Paul Heyman decided to make a match with Paul Pierce. I said Paul Pierce. Adam Pierce. This is not basketball. Y'all. I don't know nothing about. I don't know nothing about basketball. This is the wrong podcast. Um. So, uh, Adam Pierce. When they made that Adam Pierce Paul Heyman match, I was like, not on your life. Not in your life is Paul Heyman getting in any type of spandex and grappling with somebody. <laughs> so, um, throughout the night, Paul is trying to figure out how he can get out of this um, terrible debacle he finds himself in. And it just leads us to the main event where Paul Heyman pretends like his knee hurts. Roman gets his hand on Adam Pierce for a few minutes, starts to beat up Adam Pierce, And then KO, who we were told was banned from the arena, jumps out and him and Roman start going back and forth. They start trading finishers and counters. And then Roman ends up... Uh, powerbombed into the announce desk. I, I loved every minute of this feud. Uh, this this feud and Roman himself, he's carrying several segments of SmackDown Live. And it, it's just, even though this is a throwaway feud, no offense to Kevin Owens, this is basically a throwaway feud because I really don't see Roman um, losing the title anytime soon. They are doing great. Like I am, I am invested in Kevin Owens. I'm invested in Roman. This feud is what you want all feuds to do. You want your champion to uplift your challenger. You want it to be believable and you want people invested. And I think they're doing the, they're doing it. Yeah. And I think the other thing I'll add is that we, we keep seeing just this back and forth and we, you know, really between Adam Pierce and Kevin Owens and Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. And, you know, Paul Heyman is this epic character who's always there to kind of like egg people on. And he's just meant to be annoying. Like someone you, you kind of want to hit or like, you know, like you, some, you just want someone to hit him or something. So, it, you know, I think the, the promise of an Adam Pierce versus Paul Heyman match was kind of interesting. Adam Pierce was someone we were talking about him a bit last week, but he had like tw- a, a lot of years experience. I wouldn't say like 20 years, maybe now would be like 25 years experience in the rest business as a wrestler he hasn't wrestled in i believe they said six years so it's been a minute but but you know back to what you're saying with kevin owens the thing that's bothered me is that we have just seen for weeks um kevin owens has just been getting dunked on by roman reigns and paul Heyman, and it really bothered me that last month we did see uh, Roman Reigns defeat Kevin Owens. And I just kind of felt like, the, you know, they keep talking about family. Kevin Owens is defending his honor. It felt like a big slap in the face. I know if I lost that match, I might have retired and gone to like, <laughs> focus on my family. Um, but, you know, this was so cool because we actually saw Kevin Owens look strong yep. and look like a viable contender. And then uh-huh. it makes us, it, it makes it a lot more interesting going into the Royal Rumble um, and their match uh, that. Is apparently uh, is apparently happening still, um, even though we've seen that, that funkiness exactly with mm-hmm. the funkiness with the Adam Pierce injury and him being replaced by um, Kevin Owens in that match. Yeah. No. Um, is it bad that the whole time I was thinking that Roman Reigns is really hot? Nope, that's exactly what they want you to think. Like, I don't 
watch it. I don't watch whatever. I'm you like, know he's related to The Rock. Oh, in real life or in, in real life? In real life? In real yeah. In well, real life, okay. well, but then kind of not. Like I love The Rock. Yeah. So and far away, and Roman yeah. could make me be, uh, you know, watch this show. Yeah, exactly. Like, Is he hot? He's a neighbor. Got her. We got her. I can't be works with me all the time. I'm always looking for a husband. You hear that, Got WWE? It. You hear that, wrestling fans? That's why he's the man. That's why he's the big dog, because he brings it. <laughs> The head of the table. That's someone whose salary you need to figure out. And yeah, well, she yeah. said that. My ears already kind of perked up. I was like, oh, he's the one person I thought was cute, <laughs> and he's at the top of the salary scale. I'm like, <laughs> I'm happily married, but you can still look. Still look. You can still look respectable. It might be. It might be a Lacey Evans, uh, right? Player, player, player situation. situation. Yes. <laughs> but yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, you didn't get to see his cousin Jay this week, unfortunately, who is also in that family tree of uh, Samoan sexy sexies. Yeah, a smaller <laughs> version of Roman Reigns. But yeah. okay. Taller? Small, small. Oh, smaller. No, you don't you don't get much taller than Roman. Uh, but just for reference, uh Chantel, Rot and and Roman are they like they like play cousins. They like play cousins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. You're 100% related, right? No, no. I when I tell you, I've gone down this. I've gone down this with my husband and our best friend so many times. Uh, the Rock, like they're hit. They're the Rock is um, not a part of the Noai family tree. He is a yeah. I'm a, so confused by kayfabe and shoot. I'm like, I can't keep up. Yeah, it's like. Oh God, it, yeah, see, I don't want to, I, you know, put me on the spot, but basically, uh, the, the wild Samoans, uh, uh Sika and Afa, one is a Fatu, one is an Anoa'i, and they're like blood brothers. So that's how it, that they're play cousins. Mm. Right. But like the whole family tree, it's very interconnected. The person that rock, the rock is really related to by blood, blood, blood is Nia Jax. Mm. Yeah. By Nia Jax. So. It's it's very hard to explain. <laughs> Basically, all all of the Samoan wrestlers are are related except for Samoa Joe, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> as we go on these highlights, these amazing highlights from SmackDown. Um, next is <laughs> Sasha Banks versus Reginald the Somalier. Mm. Um. Okay. This match, I I don't know my feelings about this match. I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm a I'm gonna walk through it, but wow. we all know Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler in the whole entire world. She is the goat. I I love everything about her. This feud, I'm on record saying with her and Carmella, I'm just kind of like waiting for it to end. This match with Sasha versus Reginald was very entertaining, um, but then I do not the the reason why I'm kind of hesitant about addressing intergender wrestling is because I am not as versed in it when it comes to intergender wrestling, especially in the indies. And what I do know is this match was nowhere near 
an indie intergender uh, wrestling match. It was very playful. It was very hide and seek. It was very, um, you know, Reginald didn't get a hidden at all. He didn't lay his hands on her at all, um, which is WWE's brand of intergender wrestling. Like, if you saw this match on the docket and thought that you were going to get a real wrestling match or even a, a real intergender match, I don't know what you were thinking because WWE has had so many problems in the past when it comes to touching on how to do intergender wrestling in a way that's PG, uh, a way that's PG that they just never really do it. So, the fact that it was on the card, I, it made me interested. Once I watched the match, if you take the match just as like at face value, just kind of fun and games, them trying to get into Sasha's head, then it was a, it was a good match. I mean, it was, it was relatively good. Um, so I'm going to just take off my expert hat and not look at, you know, what it means for intergender wrestling going forward. If it put intergender wrestling, but that, I just liked that Reginald just decided he wanted to flip all up and down <laughs> that ring. Uh, I didn't know. So, so Corey said, uh, it's like Cirque du Sommelier. Apparently, Reginald has a, a real life background as working in Cirque du Soleil. So I was like, wow, that, that I found very interesting. I thought it was, I just thought they were trying to get under Sasha's skin. They were trying to get under Sasha's skin and Sasha got the, the upper hand. Sasha ended up uh, making Reginald tap out um, after he had did some flips. He had uh, given her a rose. He talked fr- some French to her. He stopped to say hi to Carmela. Like it was just, uh, it was, it was nothing to take serious and it was entertaining. Yeah. Like I'll add, like, first of all, like the the thing that you referenced, you referenced the rose and everything else. I did think that the flirtation aspect didn't need yeah. to be there. That was yeah. kind of weird where it's like, I thought they're wrestling. Like, there was no <laughs> hint of them, like, at all coming together yeah. and being interested in her. So, yeah. you know, I just think he was trying to get under her skin. That's how I just took it like he was just trying to be as annoying as possible i'll say just speaking of people getting under my skin i have to <laughs> mention uh, michael cole one of the ring announcers who said quote now the sommelier has something to whine about which i mean i, I appreciate the effort with the pun <laughs> um but like I'll, I'll say as someone who is like a fan or definitely has consumed a lot of intergender wrestling to right. Uh, I sh- I struggle with the expert hat, but definitely as someone who's really well versed in it. Um, so we have even uh, you know a, a one wrestler who comes to mind from WWE who's super involved or was super involved in intergender wrestling scene was Candice LeRae, who is in oh, yeah. NXT. And like there are pictures if you Google her and search intergender wrestling, you'll see like her bloody face, like because she actually yeah Chantel, this is this is the thing like. Blood in wrestling, wrestlers will blade or cut themselves. Oftentimes, sometimes they accidentally hurt themselves and bleed. But, you know, she's someone who's been in so many intergender matches and those were really hardcore. Like, as real, yeah. By the mm-hmm. But the other thing is in WWE, every, you know, every so often we see these intergender wrestling matches and they're not necessarily, you know, the most involved or entertaining. Like we don't get all of this action and this actual, you know, wrestling moves and this was a fully developed match and so i loved it i thought it was beautiful and i like to your point mari i was amazed to see reginald like 
smooth like a Merlot, just kind of like <laughs> flying around the ring and all over the place. And I've, I'm going to watch that back just because from a pure like, what the heck perspective, especially not knowing his background, like it's amazing to to see all that. And but also to see how Sasha responds to it. And, mm-hmm. and the that, wrestling was really good. Yeah. 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 As someone that has never seen these two characters before, I thought he was pretty annoying. I was like, yeah. this yeah. idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Get him out of here. Um, <laughs> she did one cool move, though, when she like was up on the ring and she like sideways and he catches her. I was like, yeah. I, was, I was impressed by that. Yeah. Um, but him as, uh, running around the ring and the roses and the blow and the kiss, all that stuff, I was like, He's doing too much for me. He would have annoyed me too, and I would yes. want to be taking him down. There was no way he would be winning that fight against me if I was in that ring with him. Exactly, and that's why I, I didn't think it was serious, the whole like, oh, is he trying to uh, seduce her? Like, no, he's just being crazy. And yes, the, the again, the the chain wrestling where they hold hand or they they hold hands. They did a lot of good reverses and good re- maneuvers. Like Sasha loves it. Sasha because she's a goat, she can do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when she is not doing the high flying moves, her grappling ability is very underrated, in my opinion. And I think this match kind of kind of got to show a little bit of that because again I don't think WWE wants the image of a man actually hitting and or striking a woman but like kind of throwing each other around is like kind of better like, in a sense. Yeah. Just to kind of like focus on Reginald for a second. Do you think we're getting like a bachelor gimmick or something? Like, do you think we'll see the return of the Rose along the way? Because I, I mean, I, I get it. WWE is looking at Sasha Banks, the champion and Carmella, Mm -hmm. the challenger as the focus in this storyline. But I think one thing would be cool is just seeing the Reginald character even beyond this sort of develop. Um, and we don't have a, a, a the Bachelor character that's in WWE. So who knows? I mean, I'm not a Bachelor fan, but yeah. They tried with Angel Garza. That was he, that was yeah. his um, his uh, gimmick for a while, like on and off for a while. They even brought in Demi Burnett, all of my Bachelorette fans, Bachelor mm. fans, Demi Burnett. She had guested on a few of, of Monday Night Raws. Um, and he's like a Casanova gimmick. I think with Reginald, Carmella has always worked well historically. She's worked well playing off of somebody else. She always had her um like a uh, big cast and Enzo. She always had a uh, James Ellsworth. Yeah, James Ellsworth, thank you. Um, so our uh, truth, of course, R-Truth. her and our truth were hilarious together. So um they they give her they're they're get, gave her Reginald, that's so horrible, um, to just kind of help further this feud along. And I mean, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Um, Unlike the Roman and Kevin feud, uh, this is a a placeholder feud, just like Roman and Kevin, but it's a placeholder feud that I know it's a placeholder feud, and I don't, like, I'm waiting for that place to be done. You know, the Roman and Kevin, we already know what's going to happen, but we're still excited to watch that match because those two can go and you know they're going to put on magic. I think once uh, Sasha and Carmella get into the the ring, Sasha can can bring anything and everything out of her opponent. So it's going to be a good match. I just am waiting for her to sink her teeth into something different. I I really want her to be able to just 
go. I feel like this storyline has limited her on the mic as well. I feel like it's limiting what she can do with her character. It, but she's doing that because she's willing to help Carmela's character. And that's fine. This is all, all this whole feud is for the growth of Carmela's character so that when they do move away from each other, Carmelo will have somewhere to go. And if your champion can't do that, if your your champion can't get a win while also helping somebody develop their their character, they shouldn't be champion. All right? Anything anything else, Chantel, before we move on to the next one? I know, she's um, like, I am like, what? I looked up Sasha Banks's uh, birthday, since you said that she's yeah. your favorite, and yes. she's the day after mine, so mine is on Monday, and hers is on Tuesday. Yes. Um, that was some interesting information. We're both Aquarius, January 25th, and she's the 26th. Yeah, she is the 26th. I did see that because I wanted to give her a birthday shout out because at first I thought it was today. But yes, just a um, just an early birthday shout out to the boss, Sasha Banks. Mm. Um, so uh, other than that. Yeah, I think just to build, build on what it, you were saying, Mari, mm-hmm. um, with just the champion and the challenger, the goal is to really build new stars. Yes. And I think some wrestlers struggle with being relevant when they don't have the championship. Um, Bailey is not one of them. She is entertaining with the championship, without it, whatever they give us. And pairing her with Bianca Belair, just chef's kiss. I've never said that before, but I just said it. Um, (laughs) You know, this was amazing because last week I was thinking ahead, like what's going to happen with this obstacle course and with this challenge. Um, and I was kind of picturing something like Survivor. And I think what we got was like, uh, Guts or Double Bear, like as a, as a, as a 90s kid, that's what comes to mind for me. And this did not disappoint. Basically, yeah. what we saw, um, just to walk through it, and I won't go through all the, the details yet because there's a lot to break down here, but it was an obstacle course around the ring where Bailey... And Bianca Belair had to basically run around the ring completing the course. We've seen some of this type of thing happen infrequently in the past with obstacle Mm -hmm. courses. But this one was actually entertaining. Because first we see Bailey go down uh, around ringside. Uh, She has, I guess the the first bit is that she has very small hurdles to jump over. They were about, uh, would we say like six inches to a foot tall? No, they're like practice hurdles. If if anybody knows track and field, it's the it's literally the practice hurdles that, uh, like Matt said, are I don't even know if they're feet. They're not even. Yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> so small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had the practice hurdles, and then Bailey had uh, a few different walls to climb over or jump over. Uh, somehow she just ran around those. I don't really yeah. know how that works. Again, to Chantel's point, like, where are the refs? Uh, but, and then we saw her get around to the other side. She 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 struggles to pick up Chad Gable, who is probably about like a buck fifty, maybe like 200 pounds. I think they said he's almost 200 pounds. Yeah, yeah I think they're being a little generous with that yeah. one. But they pick him up, carry him over the finish line, and eventually made a layup to um, complete her time. And yeah. then we saw Bianca Belair, who had a much more difficult obstacle course. Yeah. Mari, do you want to, do you want to jump in and start to talk about yes. some of this? Uh, because of course the same obstacle course that Bailey did, Bailey was like, "Oh wait, 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 we gotta, we have to do your obstacle course." Hold up, let's let's bring it in. Bailey <laughs> took out the small little training hurdles, put in 
regular hurdles. Mm-hmm. These hurdles might have still been um smaller than like regulation. Oh, no, they were huge. I used to run track and they still are from what I remember from track they were still like training hurdles but they were actually like the actual hurdles you would actually jump over in a meet yeah. at least you know and then uh the, <laughs> the walls were still the same and I guess we'll get to the surprise later so Bianca had to start at the top of the ramp she had to flip this huge tire like I don't even know how big that tire tire like 400 was. pounds it's right. 400 pound 400 mm-hmm. pound tire she had to flip that she had to actually jump over those regular sized hurdles she actually went over these these like walls things if you um what is it like in police academy or something like that? Any like police show, they show you like the people kind of like climbing over these like walls with rope. These are what these kind of were. They're in like descent, like descending order or whatever from smallest to tallest. And uh, Bianca Belair actually went over them as opposed to around them like Bailey. And then Bianca gets to Chad Gable and is like, hey, Chad Gable, let's, uh, you know, jump on my back. So let's go. And Chad Gable is like, uh, no, 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 no. You won't be lifting me you have to lift him Otis comes from I don't even know where Otis came from where did he <laughs> pop out from Otis is he is they said he's 330 pounds yeah this, this man got up on the ring he he got himself onto Bianca Belair's shoulder and she legit carried him it, the same distance that Bailey carried uh Chad Gable she put him down she grabbed the basketball Bailey was right there and she said Bailey come on let's play defense uh and she crossed Bailey up to dunk the ball and the whole point was Bailey, when Bailey went, she, it took her a minute and 12 seconds to beat the obstacle course. Um, and so when Bianca did her lap around the obstacle course, the timer was counting down and Bianca beat, uh, Bailey's time with 17 seconds to spare. And it was hilarious. I, when I tell you, I was laughing so hard at everything that happened. I was dying for like at least like 10-20 minutes and Mm. Bianca finishes and then Bailey immediately jumps her it was so good like Bailey beat the crap out of Bianca Belair to the point where at the end she drove Bianca's shoulder into the basketball hoop and the basketball hoop fell down and Bailey you know her heel self her bad guy self laughed about it and and and, you know felt like she got the upper hand but it was just it was so funny i i don't even know like more (laughs) can i I get more like chantel come on what did you what did you think what did you think i well, I didn't understand right in the beginning what was happening. Right. I'm like, why Why is this a clip that I'm watching, you know? Yes. And, and then, <laughs> you know, when she had the, okay, I'm like, okay, so I guess she's making this, she's doing this really easily. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then I got the gag. I got the gag yes. after, and I found it fun, um, especially because, you know, she was super fit when she did it. Um, who was it? Sorry. Bailey. Bailey's the second person? No, Bianca's the second person. Correct. Yes. Bianca Belair, yes. So, like, she looks like an Olympic athlete if she's not mm-hmm. one. Um, mm-hmm. So, she was, like, so I was like, okay, I see the gimmick here, the heavier cor- man, like, the harder course or whatnot. I wasn't expecting her to get hurt in the end. And so, mm-hmm. I was like, is this starting 
a new feud between these two people? Like, what? why did we have this whole obstacle course where it turns, like, sour and, like, now there's, like, a rivalry or something like that happening? So it did intrigue me. Um, and I liked the obstacle course. I just kind of wanted to see more people do it actually. I did. I was like, okay, if this is how she's going to do it, I want to see how someone else is going to do it. It would be interesting to see people use their strengths and their their own personal gimmicks in going through this course and see how everybody does it a little bit differently. So, yeah. I think it's a spin-off. I think that's a spin-off. Spin-off America's Ninja Warrior, but like... Yeah. Let's go. Um, yeah, so the background is uh, Bailey. Bailey is the bad guy. She's been the bad guy. And um, Bianca Belair is like the new, she's the upstart. And they've been going back and forth, uh, just like cheap, like cheap promos against each other, like like verbal jabs. Um, basically, uh, anything you can do, I can do better type of feud okay. um, since November. And last week, Last week, uh, Bailey was given her own like talk show segment and she had Bianca on it. And uh, basically not to recap something that we already recapped, but uh, Bailey challenged Bianca to the obstacle course. Gotcha. The funny thing about that is Bianca is like you said, she she is a, a world class track athlete. She went to school. She went to college and won like all of these accolades for, for track. Um, and she she got into WWE because she was a CrossFit champion. So the minute Bailey said obstacle course, Bianca was like, uh, duh, okay, let's do that because that's what she did before she got into WWE. And this feud has just been uh, very good because basically Bianca calls herself the EST of WWE, which means she is the strongest, the fastest, the smartest, whatever. And Bailey takes umption with that because Bailey. Previously, before Sasha Banks became the champion, Bailey was the SmackDown Women's Champion for 380 days. So Bailey is basically trying to throw things at Bianca to make Bianca fail, and Bianca's not failing. So she then gets frustrated. She beats up Bianca, and their feud is basically the hot ticket feud going into the Rumble because they have both declared for the Rumble. They're both saying that they're going to win and I think they're going to be I, I saw somebody on Twitter say they hope that they uh, that Bianca and Bailey try and um, see who can eliminate the most people I would be so here for that I, I mean it, it's just such a great great feud and Bianca Belair she's she's a newcomer in a sense she just came up to Smackdown Live from NXT which you know people will debate is developmental or or the the minor leagues and bailey is the veteran who's who's been around who who has already made women's history and she's kind of putting her through the paces and it's just a good storyline because even though that's the storyline it doesn't feel demeaning it doesn't really feel like bailey is trying to demean her it just really does feel like a back and forth tit for tat yeah, and just one thing I want to point out that I thought was a little bizarre after all of this. So we saw Bianca. She she like jumps over the hurdles like a track athlete, climbs over the walls, and then she carries Otis. So we already are seeing how tough she yeah. is. She's known as the EST of WWE. So like she's the strongest, the the fastest, all of that stuff. And then she gets taken out by a basketball at first. 
Bailey throwing a ball at her. Yeah, it distracted her, and then Bailey got her hands on her. It makes I sense. Feel like her abs of steel would have like repelled or shredded <laughs> the ball, and we would have seen like pieces flying into the Thunderdome in the stands. But maybe I'm asking too much of of you're, Bianca. Yeah, you're asking too much. I, I don't know why my mind is going here, but like what I've been noticing um, with wrestling is that it's kind of like porn it's just so not real it's like a real scenario but it's just not really like the cut off and like this like are they really turned on are they really not you know it's like that's the parallel that keeps on popping up it's like the porno of the fighting and you know rivalry world if that makes any sense a lot you can take that a lot further i'm not gonna touch it this is the part we're gonna put on social media to promote this But it is. That's what I'm. That's where my head goes. So. That is such a great. I, I I like the analogy. I get it. You um, about it. So thank you. <laughs> I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Other than that, like, again, SmackDown really is. It's the A show. If you're not watching it, I just don't understand. It's it's where all the stars are, and the ratings are proving that. Um. Other than that, uh, some storylines to watch. Daniel Bryan had a promo about how he's going to win the Royal Rumble because he's never won anything like that. And I really do believe I I don't know. Like WWE, WWE likes to set up Daniel Bryan fans. They like to give us hope and stuff and then like pull the rug from under us. So um, I'm hoping Daniel Bryan has a good showing in the, the Rumble. Um, if he wins it, I would like that. Um, you can see uh, Cesaro comes out and interrupts him. And Cesaro had a quick match and a win. So they're kind of building up Cesaro as well, giving him all these these wins recently. Uh, I think he's a red herring because I don't, Vince would not. We, we know Vince's history with Cesaro. Uh, I don't think he would give him a rumble victory. But I do like this build up for, for Daniel Bryan. Like There's not, you know, Daniel Bryan's great. I think yeah. the, thing, the thing is, we he, he's he is who he is. He's a yeah. solid character. And I think that's what works. We haven't seen as much new character development with him because he's at that point in his career where it's just like we get the, the golden boy. Like that's who he is. That's who he has been. And I mean, I I'm curious to see if WWE goes that direction with this Royal Rumble because they have teased it come so close to it in the past and so we'll see what they do but if, if Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble that means that he'll have his chance to to take a shot at 
um, one of the world champions. So presumably either um, Drew McIntyre on the Raw side of things or Roman Reigns on SmackDown. And it's going to be a, an amazing match if he wins. So that would be great. But but yeah, we'll, don't, don't we can't we, we were not going to hold our breath for that either. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it, it, it's really trying. It, you're messing with us here. Like I, okay. I, I want him to win so badly, but it's just like previously with Sasha, you just don't want to get your hopes too high. <laughs> so they're not crushed. Yeah. Um, other than that, we had Big E, Sami Zayn, and Apollo Crews. Uh, Big E and Apollo Crews had the uh, Intercontinental Championship match uh, we were talking about last week. Um, Sami Zayn immediately uh, <laughs> interrupted it, basically, because Sami Zayn still thinks that he is the rightful Intercontinental Champion. Uh, Sami Zayn is so funny. I love him. I love his little protesting gimmick. I just hope um, that this leads to a multi-man match for that the Intercontinental title. I don't know if that'll be at Royal Rumble or sometime down the line, but uh, I do like uh, how they're trying to. Big E is is welcoming all all new all newcomers, all new challengers. So that's definitely something to watch. Yeah, and just a, just a note on that. Do you think we're going to see more like conspiracy theory stuff from Zane? Which what direction do you think it's going? <laughs> I don't know, but it's so funny. I, I hope. I hope so. It is like Sami Zayn is so good at, at um he's supposed to be the bad guy. He's 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 the bad guy. He's the heel in this situation. But he's that heel that makes sense. He's that heel that, you know, people don't necessarily like to boo. And him going down this um this conspiracy theory uh route. Uh, going down saying that WWE the people in the back are, are are coming after me I love this because you know what he's getting at we all know what he is getting at he is making fun of uh, some people who were in Washington DC on January 6th so <laughs> I love it I love it and I hope he, I hope it gets better um, other than that Oscar Charlotte uh, came to to SmackDown because they are the tag team champions, um, the women's tag team champions, and they faced the Riot Squad with Billy Kay. We talked about the Riot Squad with with Billy Kay last week. Uh, Billy Kay cost the Riot Squad this match again, um, which uh, it's it was funny, but we 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 already saw it. And Oscar and Charlotte coming to SmackDown. I really wish they did this with Nia and Shayna. Like that is the the best thing about those tag belts. Those tag belts can be defended on any brand. And uh, when Shayna and Nia Nia had them for like 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 four months or something like that, they never came to the different brands. And they're they're putting more Charlotte on our TV screen. Um, Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> good. I I don't like the fact that Oscar came out first because Oscar mm-hmm. is a Raw Women's Champion, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, they're on SmackDown. We'll see if they come back. I don't know. That was it was kind of weird. Um, other than that, I I uh, we 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 can really wrap up the highlights. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, just to really say, and I think you know, Mari and I are definitely still learning when it comes to AEW, and I think we're looking to you as fans, those of you who especially want us to talk about AEW, to send us as much as you can with context yeah. on AEW because, like, we watch, we watch, we watch 
uh, the segment with with Jade and Cody. Um, that's Jade Cargill, and you know we're keeping up with that. Um, I also watched the segment with the Young Bucks uh, meeting the portrait of Kenny Omega and Don Callis, which uh, one of our listeners asked us to talk about. Please definitely give us as much context as possible because I think that we could definitely definitely use it to yeah. talk about this. But it seems it seems really interesting, but there's a ton of backstory that we have to catch up on. So um, you guys keep on saying AEW and I'm thinking ANW and I'm like confused. So <laughs> can you just help me understand? I, like, I know that you guys are not well versed in this segment or yeah. area, but I just don't even know what it is. Yeah. And I'll talk, about, what it is. I'll talk about AEW. So AEW stands for All Elite Wrestling and it, it is a completely different wrestling company. They launched, I believe, in 2019. I know their first show um, on TV was actually October 2019 here in Washington, D.C. So they're on TNT and they have this featured spot, which is really unique in pro wrestling because we're so used to, especially in the last 20 years, just having WWE on our TV on these big stations. And so AEW is interesting because we get a lot. We get a lot of new talent um, or newer talent, um, talent we haven't seen in WWE, in other words, on AEW TV. But we also get some people like Chris Jericho, who is, who's a mainstay in pro wrestling for the last 30 plus years. We have Sting, who was in WCW um, and even in WWE a few years back. And we just get all of these big um, legacy characters alongside um, I think even more excitingly, like a new crop of characters, Kenny Omega. I mentioned him last week. He's um, by a lot of people known as the best in the world, even though he's he was ranked like number 13 last year. But details, um, the Young Bucks won the best tag teams in the world. And so it's just an alternative for people. And yeah. I know that there are a lot of fans who are listening to this who love AEW more. I want to love AEW more. Just want um, to. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you, when passions came to you know yeah. the the soap opera world, people were like, I don't, I can't watch passions. It's oh, brand passions. new. <laughs> but then, like you know, compared to the Young and the Restless and the Days of Our Lives, that's been on for years and years and years and years. So exactly. I guess I can understand it. It won't be appreciated probably until it's been on the air for like five, ten years, you know. But oh, I love it, Chantel. You are bringing the uh, analogies. I love it. Shaq's <laughs> in AEW. Okay, that's what that was interesting because I was like, oh, oh they're bringing some mainstream people that I knew. So I saw a little bit of Shaq's interview, and I was like, and so I was curious to see how he was going to be brought into this world. Is he going to actually be doing any fighting? Um, how is he going to be in that storyline? And so I, he he made me interested. And for somebody that hasn't watched, you know, thirty plus years of <laughs> WWE, I could get behind doing my research to start with the A and W A E W to just to catch up on all the storylines and then be invested from the beginning. So yeah, that's it, good. It's a good gimmick for someone like me who's new to recognize somebody and then be curious as to what their journey is in that world. So I think it was a good ploy I'll say for that network or that uh, group or corporation or whatever to, to try to get some new viewers. Yeah, and it's not the first time that we've seen Shaq in a wrestling ring. We did see him in WWE facing uh, it, what has been called, the, the person who's been called the world's largest athlete, The Big Show, um, who I think had a show either on Netflix or on TBS or both or something. It was a lot to keep up with. 
Also very confusing because TNT has a show called the Go Big Show, but it's <laughs> anyway, we have seen yeah. Shaq in the ring. We've we saw him, I think, last in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal a couple years ago at WrestleMania. So we've seen him in the ring, but not truly having like a, a wrestling match. So who knows? We might see it. And I think the interesting thing here is that this storyline is kind of drawing out. So I wonder if he's training. I don't, I'm not aware of that, but it would be interesting, especially if he can have a good match. Um, I will also add here that Snoop Dogg appeared on a, does he go by Snoop Dogg or Snoop Lion or what? What's he? Ca- Calvin. J- okay. Yeah. So um, Calvin or Snoop Dogg, he is, he, he was on AEW a few weeks back. And I, one thing I've noticed with AEW is that they have tr- pulled in a little bit of that mainstream appeal. Um, Snoop Dogg was part of one segment where he, um, at the, after the match ended, he got on the top rope and hit a frog splash onto, onto another wrestler, which is a move made famous by Eddie Guerrero. You know, they're doing some crossover stuff. That frog splash move off the top rope was not well received by fans. It was a little awkward. So if we do get Shaq in the ring, um, let's hope that it is solid. And it looks like we're building toward there because I can't really imagine where else we'd be going with that storyline. Yep. Well, um, other than that, I mean... I think we can we can just move on. We're we're done with our our highlight portion. Um, Matt, would you want to introduce our game that we're going into? Yes. So, Chantel, we know that you you talked about you committed to going to WrestleMania with us one yep. year sometime down the line, and you mentioned wearing a costume, having a gimmick, in other words. And lucky for you, we have a game called Create a Rehapsler. It's like Create a Wrestler, which is a thing in pro wrestling video games where you get to customize the character and their outfits and just all of their different characteristics. And Mari and I are going to basically create a rehapsler out of you because I don't know, I think you could be women's champion one day. Yep. So we're each going to give you a name, a gimmick, and hopefully like a finishing move. Maybe even suggest some entrance music. But after we we are done pitching your character to you, you get to decide um who wins. And um <laughs> we've done this once. We've done this once with somebody. I don't know if anybody has realized a lot of people who tube, uh, tune into Rahat, but our very own Chappelle uh, had helped us work on this. So if you're wondering why he's been called Sea Dog for the past uh, month or two, <laughs> it's because I previously won this game. Okay. I came up with a character. Yeah, I, yeah I'm throwing you under the bus. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah. threw that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I came up with a character for him. He loved it. He loved it so much. He he made his name on Twitter. So no pressure <laughs> for me. Uh, but this is this is the fun part, guys. This is like we said, we, we want to um, we want to cover wrestling, but we also want to have fun. We're going to include different little games like this with our different um, each time we have a, a different guest. So uh, we thought this would be perfect for Chantel. <laughs> and I only wanted to get the last word in so I could put the pressure on Matt to go first. Okay, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for All it. Right. I already know. I'm, I'm, I'm like 
zoned in on this. You know, okay. you were talking a little bit about the Benjamins, about the paychecks, what is in people's mm-hmm. wallets. So, you know what? I think that I, I'm seeing pure opulence from you. You are just stripping diamonds, but you're also an actor. So I want to, an actress, I want to really tap into this. So in the spirit of some of the wrestling characters we've seen before, I think of Mick Foley, who had uh, th- three faces of Mick Foley with Mankind as one character in a mask. Cactus Jack as another character. Dude Love is another character. All that stuff. I want you to have an alter ego. And I'm picturing that one of your characters, I want to call, I want you to be Shan Fran. I think it's like, it's, it's Shan Fran. Shan Fran, it's perfect. It's smooth. You have the nice, like, uh, you know, sunny disposition for it. It's great, but that's going to be only half of you because Shan Fran is going to be, uh, this, this super fan, this wrestling super fan. You're going to really lean into the gimmick. And, you know, just be this person that the fans love, that they get behind. But I think on the flip side, the real you, the alter ego, it's going to be reality TV star. We're going to call her Sugar Shan. And you're going to walk out. You're going to have the biggest sunglasses. You're going to have cameras following you like Sami Zayn. And, you know, basically people are going to wonder what show you're on. There are going to be a lot of questions. But the thing about you, because you are a star, is that you don't answer the questions. You don't answer to anyone. You're Shan Grant, Sugar Shan, I should say, in that gimmick. And I'm just excited to see you walk up, pull, pull out the different characters. You were telling us how you appreciated Alexa Bliss's acting and all of that. And so that's what I want from you. In terms of a finishing move, you know what? I... I to borrow from uh, Mars, I think what your move needs to be for uh, Sugar Shan, the reality TV character. Sorry, Mari, if uh, this might be taken by Chappelle, but by Sea Dog, but I'm going to go with the curb stomp because mm-hmm. because we have Big Brother references. Sam threatened the curb stomp. You would have that in the back of your head. So mm-hmm. as this big reality TV star, you show up. You're curb stomping people. I really feel like as a super fan, maybe you're just like rolling people up for the pin and, and, you know, I don't see anything too dramatic, but we have the one likable Shan Fran and we have the diva Sh- uh, sugar Shan. That's, that's, that's what I've got. Hmm. Sorry, wow. I'm sure you just like formulated uh, an actual great gimmick. So let's go, let's go, Mari. Let's let's go. I'm, well, I'm excited to see what you come up with here. So even though you tried to cheat by coming up with two t- different gimmicks, it's an alter ego. It is my turn now. Two rolls, two rolls. That's good for your IMDb. Let's go. It's my turn. So. I am going to go the opposite route. I am going to go with Chantel Francis loves her reality TV. She loves her, her, her strategy games. I think she should come out as a survivor. Like I want you to be, I want you to come out in like basically like the buff. Just I'm sorry, you're gonna be half naked. Right. Uh, we we need the ratings, but like I want you like like the loincloth, kind of like the you know looking like you have spent 15 days out on the island. You know, um, I think we're gonna go with for a name. We'll go with. I think we'll just go with 
the survivor, Chantel, the survivor, Francis. And I want you to come out. You're too pretty to be curb stomping people. I don't know what Matt got into his head. I think you should take like sand out of a pouch. Like you have a pouch on the side. You take sand, you throw it in their eye. He's from Canada. What is that? Canada is not known for its sand. Excuse me, I'm not done yet. I let you talk. I am not done yet. she's not this is not a canadian gimmick that's too easy i am not here i'm not vince mcmahon i am not going off of that like i said you throw the sand in their face you then hit them with a just a double arm ddt that's just spiking their head into the ground Mm -hmm. and then you go i mean she i i like it i think that character can work in many different ways maybe you can come out um when when you have a a a feud you can mess with people's heads you know by like just throwing various survivor things maybe you have a net at one point Ooh, yeah catch them in a net or something we but we want to be careful because we don't want to go to like the tribally race thing what does it be like (laughs) you are a survivor and you're gonna come and kick butt and that's what i'm seeing okay wait i just know the survivor Francis. Let me just let me just add something here. And Mari, let me know if you think this is outside the rules. This may or may not be canon for this game. But I, I will I just want to say that, you know, in the spirit of RuPaul's drag race, I feel like you are bringing this like expert transformation. Like RuPaul is this epic transformation artist. You are bringing that transformation. You are getting to show your craft. You are bringing your best self, Chantel. And I want you to be at your best. So Yes, I'm going to lead into the Canadian thing just a little bit because I forgot to mention Bret Hart, one of the best pro wrestlers there ever is. Best there is, best there was, best there will ever be is what he's known as. But also, he was known as the excellence of edu- of, of ex- I can't even talk. The excellence of execution. You're going to be the excellence of evolution because you are so versatile. So take that into account when you think about Mari's gimmick which definitely wouldn't be as good of a fit as the excellence of evolution, Chantel Francis or Shan Fran. And then also you have sugar Shan. You have lots of different gimmicks, lots of options, more merchandise and more money. And you don't have to change your name on Twitter. Volunteer that. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have to do that. So what I do you think? I would. <laughs> I will. Oh, oh. I oh. will be changing my oh. name. To Sugar Shan! Because I want to see those flash bulbs going off when I come into the ring. I want to come in there and command the stage. I I want to know that all eyes are me and what I throw down is being documented and people are there in awe. You deserve it. Exactly. So uh, what I liked about Matt's, like, I do like the alter ego because, like, I can come in and be like, oh, I'm just like a super fan. Like, I don't know anything that's exactly. going on. And then I come out and I have, you know, the look and the, the outfit. Um, my one well, hesitation is the finishing fun. move. Yeah. It's not really my style, but maybe yeah. if I'm doing it with a stiletto, yeah. I can maybe get behind it, like, a, like a hole. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we might want to work on the finishing move a little bit. Um, 
But yes, I did oh. find that I enjoyed the play, the characterization that I would be able to follow through with, with um, having the alter egos. I do like the flip and like the two different people that I get to play, you know. Um, Survivor was, was good too, uh, but I think that... I'm not, I'm less of a survivor person. You know what I mean? If, uh, if it was limiting. a brother character, I might maybe have jived with it a little bit more. But Survivor, love Survivor, watch every episode, every season, all that stuff. Yeah. But I feel like I'm more of a big brother person than a survivor person. If it was big brother, it would literally just be stereotype. Just like Vince McMahon. <laughs> they probably got to get Vince McMahon to cast the new big brother. <laughs> <laughs> to oh, keep in line with the stereotypes. <laughs> but um that was great. Thank you so much, Chantel, for oh nope, Sugar Shan. So the next time you're on, that's what we're going we're going by. So uh, no pressure. Uh that was really fun. Yeah, we will definitely have to get in some uh rules there, Matt. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. How about we pull up the WWE referee rule book and see what they have on that. It's like someone's turned their head and it's like, yeah, don't play with me. Don't come for me. I'm competitive. I'll take my win and thank you for for that. And and I'll also say for those listening, I'm curious who they thought had the better gimmick. So hashtag wrestling wrap up and all of that fun stuff um, that we mentioned at the top of the show and we'll mention at the end to let us know because I'm feeling good about this. I'm, I'm going to celebrate. Yeah, that was good. That was a big win. We are now one and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my win will not probably be ever published, but <laughs> I'm just on record that I have indeed won one as well. Right. Uh, and this is just a perfect time to get into our final segment. Yeah. Um, our final segment is called The Shoot. This is a segment where we just go off uh, on what we felt uh, from wrestling either in the week or just overall. It's a great segment where we go over either stuff that has pissed us off or made us really happy. It's just whatever you want for the week. So Matt, what's your shoot this week? All right. So I guess the place I'm going to start is to talk about the undertaker, the iconic wrestling character gimmick who's been around I keep saying 30 plus years and longer than that in the pro wrestling business. Yeah. yeah, probably close to 40 years in the wrestling business. Um, you know, the, 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 the character just to start there and give him credit before I, uh, start to tear some of what he said apart. Um, it's that he is this icon who not only, um, a lot of fans appreciate, but also he is this, um, this, person, this performer that other wrestlers look up to and have looked up to and been inspired by in their careers. And what's been so interesting is that he plays the dead man gimmick. I mean, he's the undertaker and he has, you know, just a reputation for having a mystique. Um, that changed really only in the last year or so when he just started to document, you know, some of his journey to retirement and, and all of that. And so he has been on a media tour, which is just so notable because he's one of those, one of those millionaires to, to, you know, for you, yeah, so you, for you know, um, and, you know, he is someone who's respected. He was interviewed by Joe Rogan, uh, just earlier this week. And he was talking a lot about the business. And among other things, I, I wrote down a few of the quotes. Um, but he talked about how the product with wrestling, he felt, is a little soft. He said that it's too much pretty and not enough substance. 
He said that they're trying to put out something for everybody. Um, the Undertaker was criticizing the fact that wrestlers today just aren't the same as they used to be back in his day. Um, they're not. Uh, they're they're not these really solid, meaningful characters in the way that he was with the Dead Man. They're just different. They're they're flipping all over the place. They're like Reginald. They're like Sasha Banks. They're like they're like Alexa. They're different, and he didn't seem to appreciate that. But the but the other piece was that. He he really referenced those wrestlers from 20 years ago or so in his prime as being real men. He said those were men. He said I liked when men were men and to me I kind of I kind of thought that uh it was worth addressing in the shoot because my background so among other things uh just talking about giving talks on masculinity has been something that I've done over the years and to hear the undertaker talk about how he liked when men were men and what he meant by that was when they would bring guns and knives into the locker room. Yeah. Um, Chantel, do you know anything about guns and knives in the pro wrestling locker room? No, I'm still hung up on the fact that Joe Rogan's giving interviews about this. Is he a big fan? I, I don't know if we care about if Joe oh, Rogan's a big fan. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, but I think I, I'm assuming he's some to some extent a wrestling fan, like a lot of people, or at least knows The Undertaker because he's been around. He covers combat sports. Exactly. Like mixed martial or MMA, mixed martial arts and all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so The Undertaker's talking about he loved when men were men, when they sorted things out in the locker room, when half of the locker room brought guns and knives in in case they had some kind of beef going on. And I just wanted to say that I know the Undertaker's respected. I know some people might uh, not like the fact that I'm calling him out on this, but that's just not healthy. Times have changed. And we no longer need to look at men as being people who have guns and knives in the locker room, ready to stab one another or kill kill each other uh, in order to get a push in wrestling or win a championship or, uh, you know, come out on the other side of a beef with another, another person in the locker room. Yeah. Um, times have changed and we get so much variety now from the wrestlers. It is different, but we live in a different world. And I get that the undertaker is an expert when it comes to pro wrestling, um, you know, a lot of old school wrestlers really believe this idea that like the people who could really tell you what wrestling should be are the wrestlers, um, as opposed to the fans, as opposed, and it is true in a lot of ways, but, uh, but the thing that's so interesting is that today we have social media. We have feedback from the fans. I love that we're getting something different. I want us to get more things that are different. I want to shout out a wrestler from AEW who I feel like Probably wouldn't. I don't know if you'd love the idea of I liked when men were men, but there's a wrestler by the name of Sonny Kiss in AEW, and I will go to YouTube and like watch different matches from Sonny Kiss. But he is a gay black man, and he is like shining. He's amazing in the ring. He is not featured on AEW as prominently as I think he should be. But there are a lot of people who resonate with that, and it's not what Undertaker, you know, is necessarily looking for or thinking about when it comes to what a wrestler should be. Sonny Kiss is flashy and all the things that fans today love, but not necessarily, you know, people like The Undertaker. And so I I point that out to say, I just want the man to open up his mind a little bit to what wrestling could be. We're having fun. Wrestling doesn't just need to be The Undertaker or that type of gimmick. It could be so much more than that. 
And that's what I'm yeah. hoping for and pushing for. And I, I just want the undertaker to, to take time to just expand beyond what he thinks the business should be. Cause it needs to keep evolving just like you Chantel in order to survive. I think what the undertaker were again, we are always just fans. So we will never know what's behind the, the curtain and all of that. Like not like, stepping like being there physically like you said we do have there's lots of avenues to know or to think we know what goes on right. but i think the biggest thing is he needs to listen to the guys that are here now right. he said i i liked it when when there are manly men he said now he walks into the the locker room and mm. guys are playing video games and um Looking pretty. themselves out in the mirror yeah. yeah and there's no guns and knives hey undertaker guns and knives should have been uh bandit ban, uh banded from the locker room when bruiser brody was stabbed to death mm-hmm. like we should not want weapons in in a space where people work and on on top of that it's just like this is the new wave like we had spoken about earlier in this podcast yeah that's how it used to be that's why a lot of the undertaker's contemporaries are no longer here a lot of wrestlers die young they die in their mid to late 40s early 50s sooner than that because they were uh knives and guns in the locker room because they would fight in the locker room because they would uh sniff cocaine in the locker room do steroids do all sorts of bad drugs you know and and they left too soon so uh he just needs to he needs to get with the times and needs to listen to these younger these younger wrestlers but he's so-called he's retired we'll see if he ever comes back but i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that you know he doesn't you know he knows everything about wrestling oh totally just be able to be knowledgeable about what's happening right here and right now um because progress is happening bro get on the train or get off yeah and i think he, he had a point he had a point with like wrestling was really great when he was at the peak of it, which I mean, it was great then too. And there were also a lot more people uh, watching and in general, a lot more people watching TV. So it's yeah. hard to compare the two things, but I think the, the the biggest thing is he just needs to to know his words have a ton of weight, um, especially with his platform. So it's important that he just considers the words that he uses. Yeah, like from what you've explained to me, like I can see his point a little bit. Like, yes, I no, I do not agree with you know bringing guns and knives and all this stuff into the locker room. That's not really my vibe or style. Um, his language, I think, is is questionable. But I think what he may be getting at is the kind of the raw bare bones of it mm. as opposed to the gimmickiness of it. Yeah. So not the gimmicks as in storylines and stuff like that. But if we kind of put um, a parallel to, we'll say Survivor, which you, we brought up just a little bit ago, and how in the old days, you know, I just had done some rewatches of the first season and the third season, um, and I was like, oh, there's no trinkets and doodads and idols and idol nullifier and fire tokens, and there's not all that that stuff. Yeah. It's just Survivor. And mm-hmm. I was really loving going back to the bare bones of Survivor. So I think yeah. what he was getting at, he just wasn't well articulated articulating it is that he misses the bare bones of wrestling when it wasn't all about looking pretty as you mentioned or all these other things it was just about two people getting in the ring and having a beef or whatnot so I understand where he was coming from I just don't think that he articulated himself very well 
And I think that's right. And I think there's a subset of fans who, who agree with him. And, and just, um, the thing is, you're, you know, you're still trying, you're still getting that. You know what I'm saying? There are still places where, you know, you're getting a big guy versus a big guy and they're just punishing each other. We talked about the fight pit. Basically, Thatcher mm-hmm. and Champa, well, we, briefly touched on it <laughs> they basically just beat each other in a, in a steel cage for like however many minutes so i i think where i just um dive, diverge from his thinking is what he wants is still present in the wrestling industry it's just not the main thing anymore and i think that's that's really the crux of it uh we have we have wwe we have aew we have impact we have a lot of um wrestling places that our wrestling fans can consume different products and um the fact that it's not all one one way monotone and that we have so much diversity across the board right. is a good thing and i just think um it's a shame that he he's falling on this side of that. Uh, but you know, yeah. it, it's okay. Never, yeah. never meet your heroes. Right. Yeah, I guess not. Um, and you know, also but the word you just said, just to underscore is the diversity of it. And mm-hmm. you know, like there's different things that appeal to different people, just like ice cream, all the different flavors. So I like having those flavors. I hope that the undertaker does. Maybe we'll hear more from him on this, but that's that. <laughs> and Mari, do you want to talk yep. through what you have in mind to shoot on? Uh, yeah, I will. I, I want to, I'll just segue it into what we were talking about. Um, I was speaking about Retribution versus New Day earlier, and um, I just love Mustafa Ali. Um, Mustafa Ali, he came out as the leader of Retribution a few months ago retribution has they're they're a stable where you know they have masks on they they started as people who are kind of like protesting they were oh wwe's like wink wink nod nod to like supposed to be like antifa you know just very they started off rocky they started very rocky um uh they they've had a lot of losses and i think that's where the booking is letting them down, but everything that Mustafa, uh, sorry, ooh, Mustafa Ali is doing is mm. perfect. He's had several promos, including one where you where he described how to say his name. Um, again, Mustafa Ali, that's how you are supposed to say it. Thank he you. talks about how they tried to take his name from him because it was not a mass appeal; it wasn't commercial. Um, He's had promos where he talks about how uh, retribution is being pushed to the side for all these old people. After Legends Night, he said the old legends, they are uh, they are out to pasture. Put them put them out of their memory, misery. Let us be the, the new faces of the WWE. And he is just doing amazing things right now. And I really wish they would put his promos on actual TV because a lot of the bet he is building storylines and interests off of his own on his Twitter on the WWE exclusives. He's doing all of the work and WWE is not capitalizing on, on it. And they they've done this before. A, a talent will get over on their, their own and they will make sure to kind of crush them to let them know don't get over on your own. We'll tell you when to get over. Uh Chantel getting over means um people invested, getting people invested in you. Um 
So uh, the last two weeks, each member of Retribution have been facing Xavier Woods and they've been beating Xavier Woods. They will then do a, a group beat down because Kofi Kingston has been out for with a broken jaw and Mustafa uh, is about to get his vengeance because we all know uh, two years ago, Kofi Kingston won the World Heavyweight Championship from Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania because he was entered in a match that where he took Mustafa's um, place. Mustafa got injured and Kofi had to step in. Kofi got all the people behind him and it built to a WrestleMania win, a win at WrestleMania. And most of us has been kind of mad about it ever since, because that was supposed to be his push. Um, a push is where like they're, they're, they're getting behind him. So he missed out on that push and he's getting revenge on Kofi by, by beating up Xavier. And on raw, they had a really good segment where, um, they be, they beat up Xavier and then they looked down. It was like kind of like a Friday moment. Uh, if you get my drift, they were looking down on Xavier Woods and they told Xavier Woods, like, tell Kofi, like, this isn't the end of it. So Mustafa is doing a great, great job. And I just really wish um, that he got more camera time. This is speaking to that diversity that we're talking about. It, it's a it's a different gimmick. It's a, a good storyline. And he's he's the face. He's a, a Muslim American and he's the face of it. And even though he's supposed to be a bad guy, it doesn't feel like it's a, in a disgusting way like WWE has done before. Um, uh, it just feels like like you want to root for him in a sense. Um, maybe I just want to root for him because I know that he's, he's underrated as a performer, as a promo. Um, so again, we need to get more stuff like this on our screens. Uh, we, this, this is our wrestling podcast and we will continue to talk about how important diversity is to us in wrestling. A lot of people may not agree with that, but that's where we're coming from as people of color, as a woman of color, we want to see different things we want to see diversity so um i i love it i want more and uh, again undertaker this is where it's going this is where it should go and that's i don't know what to tell you you know well just to just to touch on um diversity because you know you're probably going to ask me like how do i feel about wrestling now and like you know how i change your mind am i coming on to the side where i'm going to be a wrestling fan i don't even have to ask you knew where it was going <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, one of the reasons probably why I never got into wrestling is because I never really saw anybody like me that was on the screen. So yeah. I, I couldn't really relate. It didn't look like my cousin. It didn't look like my uncle. didn't look like my dad. didn't look like my mom. Like, it didn't... They, people that were on my screen didn't look like anybody in my life. So mm. I never really connected to it. I just thought it was something that was created for other people. And yeah. so it has been really nice to kind of take a look and see, like, there is diversity that's going there. There's storylines that are not that I can relate to a little bit better um, and it has opened my mind to okay that's a possibility for me to be able to connect with some of these people and potentially become a watcher so I, I am my eyes have been opened I have to say I realized that I did have a subconscious bias as to not believing that it was meant for me because I didn't see people when I was growing up when it was in its heyday um, that looked like me but now knowing that it has taken a lot of steps towards including more diversity. It, it, it has allowed me to 
potentially want to get invested in it. So you, I, I don't know if I'll be watching every Friday night or whenever things come on, but I would come back on here again and talk about it. <laughs> Thank you. And I think just to build on it, that's, that's the thing that I think is amazing about wrestling right now, which is just that because we didn't get that diversity before and because they're just start, a lot of promotions are starting to see the need for that. We're slowly getting it more and more and we're getting all these exciting characters. The women, I would say, are being featured in ways that are better than before. Like most of our highlights, I think, are featuring women. So, you know, it speaks to the changes and we get to see something fresh, which is this diversity, which maybe should have been there a long time ago. But because it wasn't, we have something new to tune into, which is one of my favorite things, too. Um, so we will definitely one day have you back on the podcast. And I think that's a great place to wrap it up. So, Chantel, can you tell everybody where they can find you, what you're doing? Plug everything. Go, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I started talking about it at the beginning, but I'll yep, talk about it again. again. Yes. I am on my way to mm-hmm. 1,000 subscribers. So I'm at like, I think 615 right now. And so, you know, under 400 to go to my podcast reality realness with three s's it's my youtube channel where i talk about all things reality tv all the gossip that goes along with it um featuring right now the challenge the bachelor sequester and rupaul's drag race uk i may do the u.s but it hasn't been i haven't been feeling it this so far this year so i might do a catch-up but we haven't i'm not sure about that yet definitely (laughs) always finding something new to talk about in the reality tv world and so yeah you can also find me on couch potato queens i believe you mari are also going to be doing an episode that drops today in reality Uh, i'll be there tomorrow i'll be on there tomorrow yeah and so um, that's been going down um, the old school survivor, which I mentioned before. Yeah. And so that's been really fun. Just like doing my, just for being reminded, but why I got involved in the reality television community is because okay. it was because of survivor and, and stuff that happened like 20 plus years ago. So um, that's kind of where you can find me. You can find me on different YouTube channels and chats and talking about reality TV. And now I can say talking about wrestling. Yes. Uh, Matt, how about you? Where can yeah. you? Yeah, so um, you can find me at all the places that you'll be able to find the podcast, which we'll plug in a second, but you can follow me across platforms at Matt Scott GW. I should also mention, um, I'm not, it's not active and I'm not actively uh, posting episodes and things, but I have something, a podcast project. Uh, interviewing change makers and people who are making the world a better place called Let's Care, www.let's.care if you want to check that out. Um, and you could go to let's.care slash subscribe if you want to be on my email list because um, I'll be sending out an email soon. So you'll get to hear from me. But thanks so much for all of your support and for listening to us. And if you're hearing this, um, I'm just so grateful. And please like tweet us it, it, and post and comment and everything. It means so much. Um, thanks for, for being on the journey with us. Yes, and you can uh, tweet at me at Mari Talks Too Much. That's two, like the number two. Of course, I'll be here every week with Matt. Uh, yes, tomorrow I will be on with the Couch Potato Queens. Shout out to Josh and Sam. Josh Ooh. from the class of 2020. I'll be just making a little pop over there. So uh, watch out on my Twitter for a link to that. Uh, other than that, you can uh, you can send questions to us at wrestling at com. 
Again, that's wrestling at robhasawebsite.com. Please send your questions, your feedbacks, clips that you may want us to see or talk about. Again, we we will we're taking all all uh suggestions please tell us what we should get uh caught up on definitely if it's AEW or impact um you can always use the hashtag wrestling wrap up to find us on twitter or to share anything there um i think Uh, i would just add like the one thing is we soon enough so right now we're on the RHAP um, reality TV wrap ups feed. Soon enough, we'll have our own feed for this podcast, which will be exciting. So, I mean, for one, definitely check out the other reality TV wrap ups and rate reality TV wrap ups five stars, leave reviews, subscribe, all that stuff. But please make sure to do that when we have our own feed, uh, <laughs> just so that people know that, um, that, that people are listening and enjoy the show. Yes. And help others find the show, of course. Yeah. So. Uh, Chantel, thank you for being here. Thank you. You are a great, great guest, great questions. And, uh, hopefully we'll have you back on. Yes, I would love to. I'd love to chat more. I'd love to research more because it's the research that I find really fun. <laughs> and when the questions start coming, be like, why is this happening? Help me understand. And so I would love to come back and learn a little, a little bit more about this world that I'm so unfamiliar with. Okay. Until then, watch out for any flying elbows, everyone. Have a great week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.